welcome to the back page of video games podcast i'm samuel roberts i'm joined as ever by matthew castle hello matthew welcome back to the podcast doing a games call on a monday night what a fucking tough proposition that is are you feeling jolly on a monday night in the uk when uh, the pound has crashed to a low against the dollar <laughs> <laughs> and on top of that my office which i'm recording in stinks of garlic because i had to eat a garlicky pizza here because uh, I'm avoiding Catherine because she's got COVID. So Jeez. we're in the quarantine zone. So I'm stuck in this really garlic ass room. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. And I'll be buying fewer pizzas because my money's now worthless. More time there was dedicated to the pizzas and the garlic than Catherine getting COVID. I'm not judging. I'm just <laughs> objectively. I, I feel I feel that's how it shook out. Yeah. Well, Have I think, listen, after two years of this, everyone knows what the deal is with COVID. People might not know how garlicky my pizza is. You know? <laughs> That's true. This is new information, whereas that is not. New <laughs> I'm prioritizing the fresh takes. Yeah, that is um, that is fair. Okay, so um, Matthew, you know how I always like to tell people what we're doing at the start of um, each month um, on the Patreon and stuff, so people know what they're uh, they're getting um, for their money. Um, I thought I'd do that again before we get into this week's nonsense. And <laughs> believe me, it is nonsense. So look forward to that. Um, so Matthew, first up on the seventh of October. Our first episode of the month, we've got uh, an episode with um, Ben Hansen of MinMax, formerly of Game Informer, uh, kind of like in the style of our usual sort of mag interview episodes. We just recorded that one this past Friday. Um, ben actually reached out to us to record, which is really nice. And so I thought the uh, episode turned out great because Ben's like um, way more charismatic than us. Is that how you felt about that one? <laughs> yeah, he's yeah way more professional on a mic. Also, because he was on Game Informer probably saw more of the games industry like in any given month than i maybe did in my entire career so it's Mm. sort of a a bit of an embarrassment of riches in terms of studio visits and such not that i'm jealous he was a very lovely chap to talk to yeah i like um every time we um add a new like kojima anecdote to this podcast i feel like that thanos gif where he sticks another stone in the glove and then (laughs) makes his sort of big purple orgasm face that's kind of (laughs) like my sort of response i'm like yeah kojima anecdotes that's what we exist for um to tell those do we kill half the patrons at the end <laughs> nah because i want their money too much so it's uh, got to hit that stretch goal you know um so <laughs> next up the first patron episode of the month the xl episode uh, for people at the xl tier is it's zelda related isn't it matthew have we entirely settled on what this is yet we originally said best zelda dungeons but it might be something else have you it'll, uh, it'll thought be about... it'll be a zelda listy feature of some kind mm, yep so anyone who enjoyed uh the seminal best zelda games episode of this podcast i would say it's one of the the very best that we've done um all carried by matthew of course i just cracked wise in the background i'm quite um, tempted bit... to do it a bit like the metal gear one just classic moments you know oh i was hoping you'd do that and because that would just be i think that our listeners would really dig that so that'd be that'd be cool so yep something great coming um the uh, patron uh, subscribers way this month um next up is episode 100 of the podcast which is called clip show that's on the 14th of october 21st of october is uh best visual novels um, with uh, Lucy Blundell. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing your name right there, Lucy, but Lucy's a long-time listener and a game developer, uh, made One Night Stand. Going to come on and talk about visual novels and her new game, which is very exciting. Want to have Lucy on for a while, so that's cool. I'm sure, Matthew, you've got things to say on, to discuss with Lucy on that front, being a big visual novel head yourself. Oh, you're well, uh, yeah, I dabble. 
Lucy seems like a true authority. So um, I think, um, yeah, that'd be if you've enjoyed any of our recent episodes about, you know, like the adventure, LucasArts Adventure Games one, we like to get someone on who knows what they're talking about, even when we're not necessarily, we don't necessarily know as much. So that should be good. Um, for the XXL episode this month, so that's the Patreon uh, pop culture episode, um, horror movies we actually like. Um, I imagine that'll be a similar format to best thriller movies matthew the uh when we did just 20 recommendations in a row Are you looking forward to that one uh yeah i'm scared though <laughs> <laughs> etc yeah, notorious coward so um yeah um didn't could be bothered to do another halloween episode this month uh, this year so um on the 28th of october we've got bayonetta 3 in the platinum games hall of fame um so if you uh, enjoyed the hall of fame format debuted in our um lucas arts adventure games uh, episode and stolen from the big picture podcast um, our favorite film podcast what wasn't <laughs> yeah exactly look forward to that it should be good we're hoping fingers crossed trying to wrangle rich stanton onto that one we know that will supercharge the episode so fingers crossed we can convince him to come on in time we've got a whole month matthew good luck to us um <laughs> fingers crossed your mission if you choose to accept it <laughs> exactly so uh that's what's coming up this month um patreon.com slash backpage pod if you'd like to support us um from the first of october i'm actually changing patrons just added a new way you can bill people which is if you sign up at any point in the month you don't get billed again until that same date the next month so previously what would happen is people would subscribe on the 20th and then they'd get billed again on the first, um, which was not ideal because they were paying yeah. very close together to access the um, the Excel uh, tier content. We want to make that simpler. Patreon has literally just rolled out this feature, so I'm going to change it. So if you sign up at any point, you won't be billed for a whole month after you sign up, and then you'll be billed that way um, from from here on in. So that seems fairer, doesn't it, Matthew? Do you agree that's the the right approach to right way to treat our listeners? Yeah, I think so. You know. That's quite a lot of talk about billing systems <laughs> quite <laughs> yeah. early on in the episode. <laughs> Not very exciting, isn't it? I just want to I just want to tell the listeners that we're being fair to them. That's all, Matthew. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, enough of that then. Oh, Jesus Christ. Monday night game court, games court. So, yes, uh, we're back uh, in our, you know, most beloved and most hated format of podcast. Excited to be here, question mark. Should be good. Um, so welcome to the third games court episode of 2022. We recently hosted a trial for GTA clones, but that ac- accidentally ended up being a really meaningful episode with Jeremy Peel. So here we are with some total horseshit to balance the scales. Uh, we're back to put listeners on trial for their pre-owned game purchases. Did you ever blow a fat stack on a JRPG you don't even have the hardware to play? Or perhaps you bought a 3 out of 10 monstrosity for pocket change. It's time to name your sin and try your luck in the back page games court. I, Judge Big Sammy, am presiding. May God have mercy on your souls. So, Matthew, Games Court... Um... I, I, write, I wrote that intro, and it, it didn't sound right. <laughs> I haven't... I am, I am not able to nail your voice at all. <laughs> oh, it's tough, because I improvise massive parts of this podcast, and um, so it's actually quite odd when I'm reading to a script. I thought it sounded pretty good then, but maybe not. I don't know. Do you ever uh... blow a fat stack on a JRPG? <laughs> fat stack doesn't sound very me, does it? Um <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like something you would say more, I think. But fat stack. I enjoyed it nonetheless. It was good. Oh, dear. Um, I do enjoy it when Matthew plans out an episode because I feel like you, you feel under a lot of pressure to like do it well. And I don't know why because it's um, I always make these things about 45 minutes at the most, um, sometimes in 10 minutes, Matthew. So uh, wow. you're feeling good about Games Court and doing this again? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, a bit so, too slow on the uh, the answer there. I think to be convincing. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, I've been pretty ruthless with what has and hasn't made the cut. Um, mm. I feel like people who do like Games Court uh, try and kind of game us a little bit with their entries, and either you know they write these sort of really long goofy anecdotes that they think we'll like or <laughs> think we'll like. And that's fine. I do like that stuff, but um, I, f- I do feel like sometimes people are quite cynically targeting us, where I think the magic comes from the unexpected posts often. I'd also say, like, uh, maybe this is just a, an offshoot of this podcast having you know a positive impact on people's buying decisions, that a lot of people seem to be buying the same games, which is fine. That's fine. But it, it, mm. it's... It means we cover like this episode. I think there's there's like there's one game which is in like five different entries, for example. And is that Hotel Dusk? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, wow, you know, what a surprise! That's, that's great. But like, I've also I think we've sort of shared all our takes on some of these games. But we've got some things we've never talked about before. We've got a really baffling anecdote as well, which made me laugh. So that's good. I was like um, thinking about this, and my dream game was quite entry at this point. Is someone saying, "Oh, hey guys, um, my name's Gerard Manley. I just started listening to the podcast two weeks ago, and I just bought a PC Engine for eight hundred and fifty pounds. <laughs> what do you think? Like that's my dream game is quite entry. Do you know what I mean? Um, because there's no pandering, and there's like a genuinely interesting thing that's been purchased, and." Um, Gerard Manley, that's, be a, that's a great name, you know what I mean? So um, that, <laughs> Where that would be did that the. Where come from? <laughs> I don't know. I just think that would be the complete package of Games Court entry. <laughs> that's and... your ideal listener's name. Well, only for the Games Court format. Obviously, I love our listeners, but it is true that there is a certain like vocabulary of games we've established on this uh, on this podcast where you do hear the same games come up again and again from the listeners because they're obviously you know they're engaging with what we like and that's mm. really nice. But it does mean that. Um, the games court entries i have to be a bit harsher because if you're pandering then uh you know i don't like that i'm judge judge big sammy doesn't like that sammy roberts loves that judge big sammy technically a different entity in this whole affair <laughs> like livid so right yeah we'll see how it goes but um i'm gonna try and uh, i originally wanted to do this hungover this episode but because it's a monday night i can't so i am just having a tall glass of red wine um red wine that i bought from the wine hut near our flat uh, near where we live matthew that makes it sound like less classy than it is <laughs> it is a pretty classy joint he's got two huts now hasn't he There's, yeah um, they sell with... nice wines there that's where Catherine gets all her wines those are like genuinely good wines as well like um i've started to learn there are no good wines at sainsbury's really um m&s has good wines but the huts there's a man with long hair he seems very convincing about um about wines so uh, i trust him and he um yeah gave me a 12 pound something or other he talked about for a while i wasn't really listening but then i just gave him my money and then i left and here i am now so uh did you go to him and say i need a bottle of wine that's going to get me through games court and then spend <laughs> 10 minutes explaining what games court is yeah he was like mate how long have you got because you know we've got you're gonna need a lot uh, you need a fancy ass bottle of wine to get through this and uh, to sustain the psychological damage from a games court episode <laughs> so i know the listeners some of the listeners don't love this format i think a couple of people have said is it okay that I don't like Games Court? And, you know, of course, that's completely fine. And they're probably not even listening right now. Assholes, that's a joke. Um, <laughs> um, but I suppose what I will say is I will try my best to shed some light on the games being discussed or offer some opinion that's got, got some value. So it's not just like a total clown show. Um, we'll see how that goes, though. So, Matthew, um, 
Well, you, you wrote the plan here. Yeah. <laughs> What's the first question you want to ask me? I've got me? some questions for you. So Go I want to know how goes life on uh, Samuel Roberts Peninsula, if that's where we live. I've forgotten some of the law. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we've just had a, a period of uh, national mourning here in the UK. Have there been any big national funerals on your watch? So this is, you know, Samuel Roberts Peninsula. You know, we weren't part of the British Empire. We don't subscribe to any of that monarchy um stuff it's just about um a kind of like a mad dictator and is um a traveling band of um weirdos so basically listeners may remember that we had annexed part of indonesia in a previous episode that's right and we were like chased out at the end um so what we've been doing is uh, we've relocated to a a floating barge of garbage in the middle of the um, Indian Ocean, um, which we refer to as Aldi Mother Base. And um, <laughs> basically what that means is that everyone is... It's kind of like a floating a floating nation. Um, and things have been looking a bit bleak uh, economically, right? But um, we actually just, like, um, plunged our entire gross domestic product into shorting the pound, and it's paid off big time. So <laughs> while we are on a floating barge of garbage now, we could, we've got enough money to clear are um sort of like damages to the indonesian government and um and maybe like secure some land so we can be an actual peninsula again so nice that's just all right you know it's you know um you know mortality rate pretty high i'll be honest but uh you know it's what can you do that's that's life on a sail barge you know so how, uh, how does the court system work out in international waters well we just sort of um uh we just sort of make it up there's a lot of human rights kind of like uh organizations hovering around like they pull up in these little boats and then we blow them up with cannons like in sea of thieves we're just like like oh yeah unicef's here and i'm like oh yeah can you man the cannons we've got to fucking sink these guys like that's (laughs) that's like our whole situation really it's like controversial but um (laughs) it keeps you know keeps the people down and that's that's what i'm all about man you know i just want to keep the people down i'm picturing dennis hopper's big oil tanker from waterworld (laughs) yeah that's a really good way of putting it i wish i'd watched Waterworld again and had more of a reference going into this but yeah that's uh, you know Dennis Hopper vibes definitely that's very much me like really unpredictable like you know 90s Dennis Hopper where you're like is this guy definitely okay and the answer is no of course you know <laughs> well, that's good that's the energy you want from a judge <laughs> yep yep absolutely so yeah that's you know that's Sammy Roberts Peninsula floating Aldi mother base <laughs> lovely I love that phrase so traditionally, our courtroom is swarming with famous faces. Do we have any video game characters in the courtroom today? Yep, so we've got a mean bean from Dr. Robotnik's <laughs> Mean Bean Machine. Good. It's, like t- it's like two green ones together, stuck together. Um, How that's many it, more just... mean beans do you need for the mean beans to erase themselves? Two. Oh um, we've God. only got two. So that's like... Part of the quest for this country is to find more mean beans so we can make them disappear. But as it stands, we just, you know, we're just travelling around with two mean beans. It's tough, you know. So, uh, Matthew, mean bean machine or Tetris, which is better? Go. Tetris. Okay. Um, so, uh, do you want to know who else is here? Yeah, of course. Oh, it's so, not just two mean beans. <laughs> no, no, no. That's just, we're just getting started. So, we've got um, Captain Toad. And the only treasure he's tracked so far is Johnny Sasaki's barrel, which oh, unfortunately God. makes a return appearance. Like, <laughs> it's tough when you're like your whole, you know, career is built on like uncovering treasure, and you're on a floating sail barge of garbage. That's like, oh yeah. So he's very distressed. Captain, be careful Toad. where you stick your pickaxe in this environment. 
exactly and like a lot of i would say like a lot of the lads down in the kitchen are eyeing him up for like mushroom stew as well so like they might try and cook him at some point i mean i don't want that to happen that might be why unicef are here to try and stop that from happening but as mentioned we sank we sank them to to quote the great man himself oh no (laughs) i do love captain uh, toad what a cute little man he is just doing his best you know what i mean like he's like you get the impression he's only like partially competent at what he does, but goddamn it, he will turn up and he'll go for it. Uh, and I just really respect that, you know. Yeah. So yeah, here he is on the floating sail barge. So um, Johnny Sasaki himself has actually been executed for war crimes. Matthew. That <laughs> oh, happened no. since the last one. Yeah, you well, know, actually, just... well, maybe good. Yeah, well, that's it. We what happened is like one night we all had like a play Metal Gear Solid Four night, and we played it, and we were like, yes, he did commit war crimes, so we executed him. That's oh. like. That's tough. We use his own game against him, which is uh, difficult. Um, do you know who else is here? Yeah, of course I do. Okay, that large lad merchant from Resident Evil Village is here. Um, <laughs> so he's only here because he actually came to the original Samuel Roberts Peninsula on a kind of like fitness first holiday to try and get in shape. Mm. But obviously, like a lot's happened since then. So he is losing weight, but only through starvation, which is tough. So it's like mm. he's not having the best time, but you know, he's still. He's trying to stay upbeat. He's got like a DLC coming out. He's, you know, he's trying to just stay a bit jo- sort of jolly. So we've got him. Thing is, if he loses all his weight, the internet's going to have to delete so many hand wringing op eds about fat shaming in Catcom. Uh, oh, did that happen? Was that a thing that happened? Uh, I read one, which was like, if you see yourself in that that incredibly strange run, I mean, that's more on you, I think. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's being shamed as such. He's just sort I, of there, he's a he? very successful businessman. He has one of the more enviable lives in that game. Yeah, I'd love to know how the economy actually works in that village. Like, who's buying stuff from him on the reg? Do you know what I mean? Like, if it's not Ethan Winters, what what does a working day look like for him? That's my question to you. What do you reckon? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I have. T- it's Monday night. I can't possibly answer. No, my that's question fine. Like that. I will say we're giving his. Um, we're regularly giving his belly button hose down, though. We've got that service going. Um, oh, nice. I don't want Captain Toe going anywhere near that belly button. Put me and Bean in there. <laughs> We've only got two, but yeah. Um, so there's that going on. Um, Nuclear Gandhi returns, but he has evolved into intergalactic warlord Gandhi. Oh. Um, and he has just declared war on Jupiter. So that's oh. like a, that's that's tough. So we if we like Gandhi. Yeah, he's just can't can't um can't really sort of predict that guy. We got Cole Phelps from LA Noir. Um <laughs> we want someone who's just gonna like go we're just gonna basically he's gonna go doubt on every single entry here and just completely lose his shit. And we just oh, think that's nice. like a nice bit of like drama there. Uh and we've got Jeremy Peel here. I've uh I've caught him <laughs> in as well. He's going to write a feature about it for like Polygon or something. That's um, that's that's good about Sam Roberts Peninsula. So I wish him well. That should be good. So All that's... your favourites are here: the Mean yeah, Beans, that's... Captain Toad, <laughs> Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. And um, is, is, was... can you, can I just ask: Is Jeremy Peel is he rendered in the same way as Cole Phelps? An amazing photorealistic face, but quite a crude body. No, he's been rendered um, in the same fashion as PS1 Hagrid. It's a very cursed version oh, of Jeremy Peel. Sort of, a slightly sort of vibrating polygon. <laughs> <laughs> low poly, um, yeah, Jeremy Peel. It's like, it's a tough break. God knows what I think listening to this podcast back again. And then finally, we've got Waluigi here as well, um, who's here on some kind of like um, 
uh, unknown kind of diplomatic uh, sort of like mission. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm not really kind of like clear on the details. I, I requested Wario and got Waluigi, which I feel oh. like is an indictment of um, the cultural status of this island. Yeah, that's so, not uh, ideal. Waluigi, who whenever I hear his name, I always think of the worst football chant of all time from Mario Strikers, which is Wa Wa Waluigi, which is just oh, is no bad. one put any effort into that. No, that's bad. I mean, like to be uh, to be fair though, like what rhymes with Waluigi? Just Luigi, right? So. Where would you start with that? Like, if you're given like two, like two years and ten million dollars, do you think you come up with a better? better yeah, one I, I just wouldn't put Waluigi at the end of the line. <laughs> it's like Waluigi's point. on the pitch, and then the next he, line writes itself. I would imagine he's cracked it, ladies and gentlemen. This is a break. <laughs> that's how you write. That's how football people write it. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, so, next question, Matthew. We've established who's in the courtroom. A tenuous bunch of um, low lives and. Uh, um, Toad's uh, investigating shit barrels. Um, so, yeah, what's next? So this edition of Games Court is pretty stacked. Uh, right. You'll be glad to hear it is uh, mostly games and prices. I've trimmed out some of the some of the bullshit anecdotes. Also, people who submitted things that weren't pre-owned games, uh, I'm just not reading them out, I'm sorry. So I know that's how you like it. Uh, we've got a couple of sub-stories, uh, of course, but I was just wondering if there was any particular dangerous territory I should be steering my clients away from, any particular like, areas of the pre-owned market that really get your goat. Sub-stories, you know, like, th- they get on my nerves slightly, where it's like, <laughs> my second cousin died 10 years ago, and now I've bought, you know, cameo elements of power for like 18 <laughs> quid, and I'm like, I'm just, I'm not interested, do you know what I mean? I just, those things don't hang together, you know, like it's... <laughs> That's tough. Um, we did cover last time landlording video games. I'm not into that. So that guy who was hoarding all those Silent Hill games he wasn't going to play. you got to at least pretend you're going to play the thing that you bought. Like, if you haven't, like, just that's an instant death, well, you know? It's, like, decorative, not good, you know? But he was planning sp- specifically to sell them. He was speculating to accumulate. Exactly. That's what landlords do, Matthew. That's why no one's got a fucking house in the UK. Because, like, someone's boomer aunt has, like, 18 flats in... Wrexham. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm out of depth here. Um, so yeah, that's like that's dangerous territory. Um, and also, I think I mentioned this last time, but like baity entries that are like, oh, I just bought Star Fox Assault for three pounds. Is this a good purchase? And I'm like, well, of course it is. That game's like sixty quid on eBay. Like the game itself may be dubious in the case of Star Fox Assault, but three quid's a great price. So. Well, that sounds like a good entry. You just what you said then was interesting. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I mean, I made it up, but you know, <laughs> but like, there's oh, no honestly, peril. Sam, compared to some of the entries, I wish we had something <laughs> as interesting as Star Fox Assault for three pounds. This is episode this would be, be a banger if they were all like that. Is this where we should reveal that before we started recording, you said we've got some dire entries this week? <laughs> like, that was pretty amazing as like a, a kickoff point. That's good. The listeners are used to us taking shots at them at this point, Matthew. Yeah. It's what we do. So, um, you got one more question for me, right? Yeah, so this is this is the really important one. This is why we're all here, I think. If uh, the defendants' pre-owned games choices are found wanting, how will they be punished? You remember uh, Lady Boyle's last party? In oh, the yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, you remember that, like, you could murder. You had to find, figure out which of the the uh, sisters was Lady Boyle, and then you had to like um, take her out accordingly. That was like the the mission. Um, do you remember there was a an alternative way to finish this, where um, you would incapacitate Lady Boyle, and she'd be taken away by Lord Brisby, um, a, an obvious <laughs> pervert. Do you remember that? 
<laughs> yes. Okay, so um, all the listeners who are sentenced to death here will be incapacitated and taken away by the pervert Lord Brisby. And what, <laughs> what, what happens to them is none of my business, but that's what's going to happen, okay? so That is, that is incredibly bleak. <laughs> that oh, was bleak dear. in the game, and that's even more bleak here. <laughs> <laughs> do, you know, do you know, like, 15 minutes before we started recording this, I googled Lady Boyle perverts to try and figure out who this was. That was, like, my shortcut to try and get that information. Um... So, what did yeah. you refer to him as a clear pervert or known pervert? <laughs> a clear pervert? What does that mean? Uh, I don't know. Like he's a clear pervert. He's clearly a pervert. Well, yeah, definitely. That's like the whole thing, isn't it? So, also like Lord Brisby has a bit of the <laughs> Lord, old bro, I love quality. It. Yeah, that's it. So there you go, listeners. Hope you, hope you, you know, because what happens to you afterwards? You may live, you may die. I'll never find out. No one will. That's like you just get put on a little wooden boat and pushed away with Lord Brisby. Good luck to you. Um, so. <laughs> Let's, uh, Matthew, um, I believe you've prepared an opening statement for the court. Do you want to crack on with it? Yeah, I have. Uh, so just before we start, I'd like to address some malicious rumours that I've heard doing the rounds. Uh, that before I was a lawyer, I was a small-time con man known as Tumbling Matty. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> I've heard that I would fake a tumble in Pret-a-Manger to get a free chicken and bacon baguette. <laughs> and I only gave this up because I wore away my teeth on the rock-hard artisanal bread at Pret-a-Manger. <laughs> it is not true, and whoever spread on that rumour, I'd like him to stop. He also drove his brother mad till he killed himself in, like, a house fire. Oh, yeah, That's I did like that. A... <laughs> yeah, that, that did happen. Uh, but anyway, to today's business, uh, if you believe in days, which I obviously don't, coming from the time-free hell world of Matthew Castle Island... My clients stand in this courtroom accused of wasting their personal funds and doing so at a time where our currency is being driven into the dirt by total clowns. Remember when we used to get $2 to the pound? Some of the accused today might have gotten away with their crimes at that conversion rate, but today they are just another body on the ever-growing Tory funeral pyre. Even Samuel <laughs> Roberts Island is better than this country, and that place, let me remind you, was a literal black hole full of weird Konami IP. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> anyway, let us not drown in the woes of the real world headlines, and let us drown instead in a sturdy glass tank filled with 400 gallons of water and closely <laughs> observed by a clearly disturbed Michael Caine. <laughs> and let the hand on the dunking lever be that of Judge Samuel Roberts, a man who purports to be an arbiter of taste, while also quietly rating the tragic character arcs of Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> yes, he's our very own Emperor Palpatine, here to wrestle clumsily with the office chair of justice. <laughs> Trust me, if you're a Patreon supporter, you're loving this bit. And if you're yeah. not, well, I hope you spent that £4.50 on something worthwhile <laughs> and not, say, a pre-owned copy of Dark Sector. The only thing that would be tumbling in that respect is my respect for you. I rest <laughs> my case. Very good. So, yes, there's like... Uh, I do like the idea that we have like these basically like DLC unlockable jokes for the main episodes <sighs> now, if you've actually like listened to the Patreon episodes, so... That's very good. Um, yeah, you know, like uh, as mentioned, though we've shorted the pound on um, here, so uh, yeah, we got all our advice from like um, some like uh, bloke with an eye patch who was in a meeting with Liz Trust last week, and it worked out great. I'll be honest with Fantastic. you. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So you know, Michael Caine, I sort of like, 
I don't know, he's sort of he's he's around, you know. Um, we've kind of like gone for the Muppets Christmas Carol version this time, though. Um, <laughs> so like he'll just basically like as soon as someone is going to die, he'll see their name on a gravestone and then just sort of pull his Michael Caine face. I'm just attached to the tanks, I realise that they're getting your actual trip to Lord Brisby's <laughs> pervert domain is not too bad. It's quite a nice canal boat, so that bit's fun. That bit's fun. What happens afterwards, though? Oh, I mean, Jesus. again, we can, we can not... only elude. We can only elude. Um, yeah. Yeah, but that's the thing. I mean, definitely, like, if there's one thing that Judge Big Sammy and uh, Sam Roberts Peninsula struggle with, it's trying to, like, get out from under the shadow of the pulping and the Michael Caine tanks. These are, like, iconic <laughs> Judge um, Batty Castle uh, sort of, like, ways of killing people. And we've, we've yet to top it. So we'll I think I think being whisked away to some deviance realm is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> that's true but it doesn't have the the sort of obvious like you know um we've got ourselves a pulpin i mean can you you can't underestimate just how much pulpin has become like a, a key phrase in the discord matthew that's like a whole other language oh, yeah now, it's so. it's big in the old word cloud that's for sure <laughs> right let's get to the exhibit shall we because we've got fucking loads of them or at least a few that are really long so do you want to kick off yes so exhibit a this is from adam This year, I had the urge to play Ocarina of Time again, and to be honest, the Switch Online version just wasn't cutting it. So Adam got a 3DS with Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, uh, which has triggered some 3DS and DS collecting. So here's here's what he went with. We got a good list of games and prices. Go. Hotel Dusk, £4.25. Very good. Mario 3D Land, £8. Very good, excellent game. Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D, £10. Pretty good. Hmm. All four of the DS Professor Layton games for £22. They're, I don't think they have much value, but that's not egregious. What? Monetary value or creative value? Like... Oh, I just mean monetary value. Like, uh, Well, you know, like it's, it's one versus the other. You know, that's not a bad price for a pile of four games. But they, they are pretty cheap in terms of like, you know, they were bought by so many... Um, dads in the UK uh, like over 10 right. years ago you know yeah okay and finally because I'm a parody of myself he writes uh, Persona Q for £42 oof <clears throat> um, now okay so I think there's some careful judgement going on there like there's no wild swings in terms of like this game's an obvious pile of shit so this is the Adam guy who's got the Persona 5 avatar in the discord right oh that's right yeah he seems like a good dude. Um, would hate to have to send him off to a pervert for unknown reasons, um, for unknown yeah. uh, means. Um, I like so... that your avatar image is basically like a kind of character witness statement in, in this courtroom. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Well, he seems sound from his picture. Yeah. It's like when um, US uh, airport security people look you up on Twitter. It's that kind of thing. I'm using your own publicly available information against you. Persona Q is the big question there, then. Now... I do know that that game is its exactly the profile of game that would be worth £42, but I'm pretty sure you could buy it digitally for about 10 quid. But then there is always the question of Nintendo will shut this down at some point, and then who knows what happens to your digital version down the yeah. line, you know? It's, um, it's like, I, oh, I should be defending it. I'm, yeah, I think it's great. <laughs> good, good, good price for a good, good game. Good. Good. Um, yeah, so it's not like I don't think it'd be anyone's preferred persona. I think like, I think like dungeon crawlery games. These games. Yeah, so it's basically it's basically an Etrian Odyssey spin-off for Persona, right, right. which is yeah, 
pretty much pure dungeon crawling. It's got quite a fun mechanic, as does Etrian Odyssey, where you draw the maps on the touch screen. That's how it uses the second screen. But it's if, if you're being ungenerous, you could maybe describe it as a game made up of your least favourite bit of Persona <laughs> and and only that, which is the dungeon crawling in quite right. a nondescript dungeon. It's not the fun dungeons of Persona 5. It's like Persona 4, just random corridor type type deal. But I do believe you get to see different Persona characters interacting in the story bits, right? Yeah, it's, it's the gang are, from but... 3 and the gang from 4 together. That's pretty cool. But let's see, if it's a second one, I believe that's got the gang from 5 in it as well, right? So... Um, I haven't you know, played the second one, but yeah, that's got like uh, Joker and company in it. Um, so, you know that that seems more appealing to me. But am I going to hold that against them? I mean, you know, you're a Persona completist. That's expensive business. I'm going to allow it, Matthew. This is uh, innocent. Um, Adam will not be going off to uh, Lord Brisby's um, pervert domain. So Amazing. One clear. We're good. Good start. There is celebration from the court. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, yeah, just a kind of like a, a, a little kind of woohoo from Toad inside the shit barrel. Um, Waluigi yeah. is trying to start a chant of wah wah Waluigi, but no one's having any of it. Next up, Exhibit B from Dan. Hi Matthew and Samuel. Uh, some, see some of these <laughs> I should say in advance. I've tweaked some of these emails to be abbreviations, and I've written them as what I can say to abbreviate them because <laughs> I, I can't do it on the fly. Uh, so Exhibit B from Dan. He loves the podcast. He used to buy on M around the GameCube era, and he has fond memories of saving up pocket money for it. Uh, here's some stuff he bought on eBay. <laughs> right. I've really butchered that email from him. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dan. Um, oh, this oh this is a juicy one to start off with. Mm. God Hand for £63.35. The ultimate puts Hammer Roberts to the test. Game's court entry, that. Yeah. Um, God, I, lo- I love God Hand. I'm going to need, need a minute to process it, so let's go through the rest. Silent Hill 2 for £27.08. That sounds about right for, for where Silent Hill prices are at, because, you know, Konami refuses to let you play them in any form, but they're terrible Xbox 364, mm. so I get it. Apparently, know. it had a charity shop price label on it for £1.75, so someone had bought this for £1.75 from a charity shop and then sold it on to a pre-owned. I imagine they made a profit on it. Yeah, just imagine me doing sort of like Colonel Campbell voice when I go, the CEX economy, you know? That's like uh, what's happened there. Um. Uh, uh, Kirby Superstar Ultra on DS for 60 quid. This is a Matthew Castle bullshit. So what's the price again, sorry? 60 quid. 60 quid? This one's hard to, this one is hard to come by. I think I'm going to have to maybe kill him based on that. <laughs> I would, like, I don't... I, you know, we did a Kirby episode, right? But I don't think any Kirby game is worth 60 quid. Like, if you bought the entire lot for 60 quid, I'd be like, yes, very good. But, Jesus Christ. I mean, can you be that desperate to play Kirby? I mean, they just brought out, like, the best Kirby game this year, Matthew. I, I, keep going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so the next couple, he says, uh, as a theatre maker slash producer in the arts... Oh, I'm looking to make a theatre show uh, that's detective, a detective murder mystery. So I consider the following two purchases as research and therefore tax deductible. He's got Hotel Dusk for £8, so a little bit more than the last person who paid <laughs> £4.50. And Phoenix Wright Trials and Tribulations for £33.95. Mm. 
so I'm going to let Phoenix Wright go because I believe in the ethos of like get the original DS carts because okay. yeah, you got you, it's got to be done. I get it, you know, like the fonts, the touchscreen interface, like every version of Phoenix Wright after this is slightly worse. It's like it was never more at home than it was here. Um, Charles and Charles and Tribs is a good one as well, isn't it? That's like mm-hmm. the third one, like the amazing one. So. Yeah, that's fine. Um, Hotel Dusk, I don't know, maybe the price has spiked after you talked about it on an episode of the podcast, Matthew, so you had to pay eight quid instead of £4.20 or whatever. <laughs> um, gosh, I want to hold Kirby against him. That's all of them, right? Oh, no, we've got, we got a couple more. All right, okay. There's a lot of these. There's loads and loads, so it's quite hard to weigh them all up. Yeah. Uh, he bought the three PS2 Batman games, Batman Begins, Batman Vengeance, and <laughs> Batman Rise of Sin Tzu. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, for fourteen pounds and seventeen pence. Oh, okay. I was That's riding high after watching the Batman and had already completed the Arkham series, which is what inspired <laughs> that purchase. Yeah, I mean, if they won't make any more Batman games, what are you supposed to do? You know, except buy all the old bad ones. Um, these weren't bad though. Actually, I'm being quite harsh there. They were kind of like they were like six out of tens for the time. Batman Vengeance and. Um, I didn't play the Rise of Sin Tzu, but I understand that's like a direct continuation of the of Batman Vengeance, like animated series actors and your basic kind of like action adventure platformer game. Um, fourteen quid's all right for that. That's like a I wouldn't. Oh yeah, I don't, I've, I've spent fourteen quid on way worse shit hmm. than that. Um, what was that? I've, there was another Batman, three D Batman that was meant to be terrible. Dark Tomorrow or something. Yeah, was that not like a GameCube game? Like it yeah. Was like, so I, I always remember. Uh, uh, it might have been Geraint actually uh, of formerly of NGC who told me a story <laughs> about someone coming to show that game and it was so the PR was the only person allowed to play it and it was so broken that Batman kept there's one bit in a level where he had to jump over this gap and Batman kept falling down and the PR kept falling down this hole until he got so cross he screamed in the middle of the preview session <laughs> I hate this fucking game <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's uh, amazing! What a great so story. So there's, there's a little free Batman story. <laughs> wow, jeez, that'll be me one day as a PR. Like that's, I'm totally on that upgrade path. I just like, like it's like that is the exact opposite of what you're meant to say as a PR for a game. <laughs> I think that did get like three out of tens and stuff though. Like it was, I remember it being around for like at the start of the GameCube times like people were saying oh yeah this batman game is coming and the screens they put out which are obviously like from some pre-rendered trailer looked amazing and you're like oh is this going to be like a kind of gritty exciting <laughs> batman game and then it was just genuinely terrible um yeah i don't know how there was so there was just so many batman games for such a long time it's really weird that like that's now a series we could associate with prestige you know like yeah how um, does um how does michael kane deal with seeing his virtual doppelganger in batman begins <laughs> um he sort of like, he doesn't get that far into the game. He rejects the concept of um, uh, video games on principle because he's like in his eighties. So uh, he's seen he's seen them take too many lives. He just like he looks at it and he's like, someone shows him this is Alfred in the game, and he's like, that looks nothing nothing like me. And then he turns it off again, <laughs> and then like he's goes to vote for Brexit or whatever he does. So, um, <laughs> yes, good, uh, Michael Caine. Uh, right, fi- okay. finally, Marvel versus Capcom Infinite. For £13.95. Fucking hell. How many entries has he got? I bought this drunk at KFC in Edinburgh. That doesn't make any <laughs> sense. At a KFC? Jesus, this man's lived a very rich life based on this. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> How do you buy a copy of this in KFC? 
<laughs> I assume like he ate a KFC and then went and bought it, like a mad chicken bender. Do you know what I mean? He like, says, um, I bought this drunk at a KFC in Edinburgh. At a KFC? He didn't mean like the... CEX and it also changed to KFC because he's writing <laughs> KFC so much on his phone. <laughs> that's oh, great... you probably meant KFC, right? Because that's what you normally talk about. <laughs> <laughs> that's his, his phone says judgmentally. <laughs> yeah. I got a mini fillet and the worst version of Marvel vs. Capcom. Like, that's... Yeah. Good God, there's a lot to weigh up here. Um, it's like a, a, this this man has taken me on an odyssey. Do you know what I mean? Like, I fucking, I've been on a journey here. The entire courtroom is like stood up being like, wow. Like, intergalactic warlord Gandhi's like, wow. This is like changing my entire perspective on life, you know? Captain Toad just poked his head out of the shit barrel. I was like, oh, what's going on? Little light on his um, little mushroom head. Um, so... Yeah, like, just, you know, the entire... Everyone was kind of, like, captivated. There's some, like, legit good choices in here mixed with interesting, like, muddled choices, you know? Where, God where Hand. did you land on God Hand at 63.35? Yeah, I've got to say... I've got to say yes to that. Because uh, God Hand is, like, one of the foundational games of this podcast, I would say. Like, it's... <laughs> I know it's expensive, but it was... You know, no one bought it. What, you know, prices are obviously kind of crept up over the years. You can, like... The best way to the easiest way to play this is to um, get a PS3 or have it if you already have a PS3. Go onto the PlayStation Network, eight quid, and a copy of this will be yours, and you can play it and see what the fuss is about. That is cool. Um, so, you know, he could have done that, but you know, the idea of adding it to your collection, I see the appeal. So I'm going to have to forgive that one, Matthew. But Kirby, don't forgive Kirby. That's like, is that like the best one? Did we talk about it's, this? It's not the best it's... one, is it? It's beloved by the fans because it's the, it's the DS update of the SNES game, which is full of all the mad little mini games. Oh. So it's got that, but it's also um, the first. Oh, I've completely forgotten his name now. It's been so long since we did Kirby. My brain's falling apart. Um, the guy is like the Kirby custodian. Yeah, Mister Mister Kirby Kamazaki, yeah. I think his name is. Is uh, this is the one that he kind of looked after and started sort of shoving in all his all his mad gubbins. So. This, you know, it's a kind of vital text for him. I, I don't know. Like, it is, it is beloved by the fan base, and it is hard to come by. Okay, I'm going to give this guy, going to let this guy off. Oh, um, nice. I think, like, I've just, I've, I really enjoyed the picks. I thought this is like a great example of a game's court entry. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was yeah. pulled us all over the place. Like the probably the duffest pick in there is Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, which is still not a bad game. It just doesn't have any X Men in it, which is a tough break. Yeah, um, and he got it at KFC, which is like an interesting <laughs> quirk. Yeah, I mean that's we are all still wondering how that even happened. Um, the Batman games that's a really interesting like little bundle of stuff. Um, I would totally see myself spending fourteen quid playing them all for ten minutes each and then never again. Yeah, um, that is a noble pursuit. If you and ask yet, me. Uh, God Hand is the lowest reviewed by AGN of all these games. Hmm. <laughs> uh, um, oh, I tell you, I tell you what, we should send IGN to Lord Brisby. The guy who reviewed that, Matthew, has probably not worked there for like 15 years. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't like, matter. It's... Never forget. <laughs> never forgive. <Yeah. laughs> that's Into an, the that's boat. A... <laughs> Chloroform for the lot of them. What? How big is their staff? Probably, what, 100, 150 people? We're not putting Scrabs in the boat for Lord Brisby. Like, that's not <laughs> what's going to happen. You know what Scrabs I mean? like, S- get spared so he can warn the others and tell them why it happened. <laughs> right, moving on. Exhibit C is from Nathan Brady Eastman. This is a bit of a, a goofy one, but I thought I'd include it because I wanted to know like how Nathan. much you value these things. I like Nathan. He's like, you know, followed PC Gamer Pod, 
listens to this. Good for my ego. Fabs a lot so of my tweets. You know, he's, yes. he's we've kind of broken the pre-owned game rule here, but I'm I'm allowing it. Um, right. He wants to know if buying a collection of 200 issues of Edge magazines, pre-owned Edge magazines, uh, for 94 pounds is a good purchase. 200 issues. Yeah, that's a good purchase. Like, if you got the space for it, this is a, this is the thing, right? Like, um, I would own loads more magazines if I was if I owned a house. I don't. I own a tiny little flat. But if you have a if you have the space for it, then two hundred issues of Edge sounds very appealing to me. Like, um, <clears throat> you could just pick one up on any given day and just like flick through and be like, oh yeah, I'll read this review of <laughs> Mission Impossible on N sixty four. You know, so <laughs> ninety four quid. That's really good. You see people like trying to complete their collections, and you know you'll see on eBay that people charge like ten quid for them and stuff. So yeah, yeah. Did he have a funny story to go along with it? Or was no, that he it? just he just was like really to the point. Okay, well, cheers. You're uh, you are you are free, sir. Um, oh. You will not be sailing out with Lord Brisby. Uh, That's this all right. Evening. He's got his work car with him because of all the IGN people we just sent down the <laughs> tunnel. Uh, exhibit D from Bjorn. All right, this is a long one. He told us a very long story, but it is worth it in the end, so you're really going to have to bear with me. I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to mute myself while I drink some water. Okay. The case I bring before you is not the usual prostration of unmitigated impulsivity and reckless cashing by a wayward gamer. Instead, I approach the bench as a plaintiff, seeking not restitution, but recognition for a heinous crime committing it against a much younger self. If I'm guilty of anything, it's of not speaking up earlier, though the tale you'll read has been told before. I bought a used copy of Doom 3 for PC in January of 2005 in its original packaging from the now defunct in the US chain, Electronics Boutique. At this point, over 15 years later, I cannot recall how much it cost, but I can assure you whatever dollar amount passed between mortal hands was nowhere worth, nowhere near worth the chunk of my soul lost on this day. Everyone remembers their first time, and this was it. Doom was the first M for Mature game that I had purchased for myself and was quite excited to see what all the hype was about. Though let it be known that, not being a veteran of survival horror, I was truly concerned the jump scares would get to me but thought, fuck it, I've already been through Raven Home. That said, I really wasn't prepared for the experience to come. A blizzard in late January brought record-breaking snow in New England, leaving the roads an awful mix of compacted slush on the median and unforgiving ice along the shoulders. This was made all the worse by my classic car, a diminutive Saturn twin cam with its go-kart-like handling and nearly bald tyres. My (laughs) afternoon commute went from a breezy 15-20 minute drive on clear roads into an arduous 40. Fishtailing down hills and skidding gracefully through intersections, I must have had enough adrenaline in my veins to kill a pinky. Sorry, I was just trying to work out what that was. That's the Doom enemy, yeah? Uh, Yet with white knuckles, I eagerly looked at this new game resting on the passenger seat, imagining that whatever version of digital hell it had to offer would be better than the one I was currently experiencing. When I finally arrived home safe and sound, I saw that the plough was kind enough to block my driveway with a drift up to my chest. So much to my dismay, my my dream of killing demons would have to wait while I shoveled the driveway in a hard northeastern gale. If I had in that moment beckoned for the fires of hell to warm my hands and aching back, I cannot remember. But if dark deals were made out of it, <laughs> were made, it was out of necessity, not negligence. Warming up with some hot chocolate, the moment of unboxing had finally come. With still cold and shivering, have, had you read this post? 
No, not at all. Okay, warming up with some hot chocolate. The moment of unboxing had finally come. With still cold and shivering hands, I cut open EB Games sticker on the box that served as a foreboding seal for this unassuming package, then eagerly dumped its contents onto my bed. Now, your honours, surprise falls far short of what I felt, as along with the double-decker jewel case and manual, <laughs> well, what I could only guess... <laughs> Well, what I could only guess were three to six months. <laughs> One sec. <laughs> Honours, surprise falls far short of what I felt, as along with the double-decker jewel case and manual were what I could only guess were three to six months of pubic hair trimmings. <laughs> Pouring in an endless black snowfall. <laughs> out of the upturned box and onto my bedspread. <laughs> the moment I realised what was happening, terror struck deep into my soul. With mouth agape, I started. I stared at this mound of pubes utterly flapping it. Oh my god! Utterly <laughs> flabbergasted at the inexplicable horror that had befallen my young and naive self. I stared out my bedroom window at the snow, dancing in the grave and light, pondering who would do this? Why me? After all this? And what the hell am I going to do with this accursed heap of biological waste on, oh my the, very, God. on the very same place that I slept? But reflecting on the trials before the pubic, even, I took a sip of my hot chocolate, gathered myself, and thought, fuck it, I've already been through Ravenholm. With nimble fingers, I extracted the jewel case from the hellish briar <laughs> and installed the four disc behemoth. Installations back in the day took a while, so with that time afforded, I cleaned up this chinchilla-sized tumbleweed from my bed and began washing my sheets. Started the game up and didn't even flinch. Later, things got awkward when my brother, who shared a room with me, came home to me washing the sheets and a trash can filled with short and curlies. Oh well, time to kill demons. Crime of the century right there. I mean, uh, I, I actually think like that. That was amazing, an amazing story. Um, <laughs> like uh, spoilers for Black Mirror season six. You know, like that's like you know Charlie Brooker's. You know, you know, just try and keep these plot lines secret. But I think right there, you know, we see like the the chilling uh, sort of vision of modern life and technology <laughs> intersecting. Um, <laughs> right, did not see that twist coming whatsoever. <laughs> Like um, incredible, just incredible, incredible it's just stuff. So obnoxious! What an obnoxious thing to do. <laughs> That's a proper like, you know, a sort of. Ah, uh, oh, where to start? I mean, it's like the end of a movie. That. It's like that's like the end of the usual suspects. You know what I mean? It's like that level of like twist where you're like somewhere like Kevin Spacey's ho- like turning from a hobble to a walk. He's the man who dropped all the pubes into the into the copy of Doom. Um, so, oh my god, that was so good. I feel like that is like maybe one of the best moments of our podcast this year, and it was completely out of our hands. Um, oh. That like that's hurt me. That's hurt my chest from laughter. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I got a bit confused of the time frame here. So this happened a long time ago, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Right. So this was like Doom back in the day. This because, was January uh, in 2005, yeah. Right, the idea yeah, of pre-owned PC games, I don't remember that being a big thing here. 
Well, uh, yeah, it was for a while before they started doing like the registration codes that would like make you, you know, basically very light DRM and before Steam existed. Um, this is original Doom. Uh, Doom 3. Doom 3, right. Okay, Um, gosh. Uh, I mean, you didn't know there was going to be pubes in it when you bought it. Um, just objectively, you know. <laughs> That's, got to say that. Um, up front. Uh... <laughs> I actually think that story would have been beautiful if you'd have ended ended it with "fuck it." I've already been through rape. Uh, yeah, that is a, that's that's a good end. Maybe I will that, cut it there. <laughs> that's like a great sort of short story last line where it yeah. leads back to something early on. That's like classic sh- uh, short storytelling there. Yeah, I'm gonna gonna say innocent, but the person who dropped the pubes in, we are determined. Like I'm dispatching Cole Phelps to find them, and they will be sent to Lord Brisby. It probably um, was pub, Lord pube free. <laughs> That's a classic Lord Brisby move, packing in <laughs> yeah. a load of pubes into a copy of Doom 3. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, Because like field. we say, we have no idea what that fucker gets up to down that canal. Yeah, real zag there from Lord Brisby. Um, <laughs> yeah, zagging. Okay, Jesus Christ. Uh, well, we have no like dead people so far, which is disappointing. Yeah, tough but, act um, to follow. Yeah, that's like one of the best games <laughs> entries ever. Oh, like, I'm so glad you hadn't read that beforehand because when I read no. it, I was that really made me laugh so loud in last night when I was putting this together. And yeah, just is, is it? Yeah, is this the guy who started writing it into the Discord then realised he didn't have enough space, so he emailed it in? Is he that guy? Uh, well, he wrote he wrote it across three posts because he maxed out the word count. Oh, I did see a lot of our listeners reacting to it, actually. So that might yeah, be very that, that uh, it. yeah, that's beyond. I know he's a listener of the RPS podcast as well, and he's a uh, yeah, a, a bit of a a bit of a galaxy brain, I think. Holy shit! Well, good. I was not ready for that. Fuck. <laughs> I mean, okay. Well, Games Court has peaked, but nonetheless, let's carry on. Let's carry on. Uh, so, Exhibit E is from Koig. He bought M- a pre-owned copy of Empire of Sin for ten pounds seventy-five said he was going through a big prohibition phase after watching Boardwalk Empire and the Untouchables and reading the excellent history of a, a history of the period called The Last Call. So he had to pick up this game because he saw it described as XCOM meets the Untouchables, which is a great pitch. Um, but he didn't realise it was on Game Pass when he bought it. So that's 1075, I'll never see it again. He said he bought it pre-owned, yeah? Yeah. I don't know if you could get this physically, but I'll take Koig's word for it. Um... Yeah, you know, like uh, buying games that are already on Game Pass. I mean, My mistake. Yeah, I guess. I guess so. I you did that recently might... with Day of the Tentacle and uh, oh, yeah. Biker Biker Bollocks, whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Biker Bollocks Remastered, I think it was called. Um, <laughs> Full, Full Throttle. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and plus then it was on a um, Humble Bundle as well. So <laughs> yeah, like really, I really, really rubbing it in. Yeah, yeah. I, I always wanted to play this, but I understood that it like fell short a little bit of the potential of it, Matthew. Mm. Um, at least that was kind of what I heard about it. Like, it maybe wasn't quite as good as it could have been. I think they did patch it up a bit. I've no idea if it got, got kind of improved vastly. For me, this is like a classic dip into Game Pass and see see what the deal is kind of game, okay. just because well, it got mixed reviews. So, you know. We've got a couple more from him to bundle in with that. Oh, okay, fine. Uh, so he bought a bundle uh, for £6... Of Premier Manager 98, Premier Manager 99, and Alex Ferguson's Player Manager 2001 on the PlayStation 1 for £6. Big Matthew Castle favourites there, those ones. 
You say it's another bundle as well? This was £6 for three different games, yes. Premier Manager 99 famously had Kevin Keegan on the cover, which I do remember because it was on the cover of N64 magazine. There's <laughs> an issue of that where you go from like iconic Nintendo and Rare faces to just a rather glum Kevin Keegan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say one of the icons of the N64 era, Kevin Keegan. Um, why, is it, why is Kevin Keegan not in Smash? Yeah, he's an interesting figure, Kevin Keegan. He's sort of like, uh, he reminds me of me a bit. Is that all the games? Uh, and finally, uh, Turning Point, Fall of Liberty for three quid. <laughs> uh, oh, that's an interesting bunch. Uh, that point. is, a, I, I believe, in fact, on Discord, you may have seen that one and called it, that is a definitive games court uh, pitch. Yeah, it really is. You've got run the whole gamut there. You've got a three <laughs> out of ten FPS from Codemasters, and you've got um, football games I don't really understand, and then... Uh, Empire of Sin, what a weird bunch that is um, <laughs> so it strikes me that I think Premier Manager was kind of like I, I guess there might be some nostalgia there I don't remember these games being like acclaimed, it's certainly like this was the era where like Championship Manager became big, I don't really know those games yeah. too well. they're too granular for my brain I was it's, more of an LMA go on, sorry. Sorry, no, go, 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 for it. go for it. I was more of an LMA manager guy. Um, those, <laughs> okay. game from, those games were Cody's games. And they were very good. They were like um, PS2 management. I'm pretty sure that my bad eyesight can be attributed to trying to play, um, to read the text in those games on my tiny um, TV video combi from the noughties. I'm pretty sure that fucked my eyesight. What are you going to say, Matthew? Well, I said I like that you talked about these games not being memorable because the anecdote that Koig shares with us about the Premier Manager games is I have a vivid memory of playing it with the official PlayStation 1 mouse, but upon consulting the Wikipedia page, list of games compatible with the PlayStation mouse, I was crestfallen to learn that I'd seemingly imagined this. (laughs) (laughs) That's tough when, like, a a, a thing didn't happen that you thought would happen. That's tough. That's, like, something I dread doing on this podcast where I'll be like, yeah, you know, me with my PlayStation mouse, and then someone will write in going, that game didn't work with the PlayStation mouse, and then I have to just backtrack horribly. Yeah. That's it, or like when I'm cutting out bits of the podcast at the last minute because I say that um, Mafia, the City of Lost Heaven, came out in late 2002, but it actually came out in early 2002. So I just locked out the word late from the pod before it went live. <laughs> How ridiculous is that? Um, just you really did that, that surgical edit on that thing I'd already edited. Yeah, I did. But I, I had a couple of um, other bits I cut as well. But, um, just factual errors I picked up on. I got the. Um, button wrong for getting in the car in the getaway so oh, right. I, yeah so i, I refer I'm, to I'm... jeremy as david for the whole podcast <laughs> uh, that was awkward <laughs> yeah he was very good natured about it though um gonna kill this guy matthew because nice i think like this is no reason to buy turning point i mean i get the like basic curiosity but this was not well reviewed at the time like it's just go watch um that HBO show uh, that was really good that David Simon did, um, the plot against America. I think that's like basically like a clever clogs version of this, and not like the dumbass version of like what if Nazis in America. You know what I mean? So uh, mm. yeah, that's my take, Matthew. So Coik is off to Lord Brisby. Uh, ironically, Lord Brisby <gasps> calls his bedroom Empire of Sin. So. <laughs> that's really Have good. fun. Oh dear, <laughs> you should write for television, my friend. Next up, <laughs> Exhibit F from Mad Brood. Uh, here's one for the big lads to deliberate over. In a nostalgia fueled searching session in which I tried to find enjoyable PC games from yesteryear, I happened upon a copy of Far Cry 2 alike Boiling Point on eBay, Atari's seminal RPG come FPS from 2005, starring the pixelated visage of Arnold Vosloo. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> a game so janky and bug-ridden, it must surely be the trespasser of the next PC games draft, but I digress. £8.99 plus postage, uh, and I still haven't been able to play it because my GTX 980 doesn't have enough VRAM to satisfy the 128 megabyte requirements. Wow. There's a, there's a uh, blast from the past. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that didn't come up in the relevant draft. It's a 2005 game, and obviously we didn't pick Boiling Point. Kind of a weird one, because apparently, like, reviewers who played the unpatched version said it was terrible. PC Gamer said, unless it receives some extreme patching, don't bother with this game. And then, like, (laughs) GamesTM said, Atari has landed itself an absolute classic here. A must-have, no questions asked. That sounds like a classic (laughs) sort of, like, brain fart there um, from, like, (laughs) mid-noughties GamesTM. The pre-Ashley Day days. Uh, right. Oh, not an Ashley's watch. <laughs> FPS and RPG. I got. I got to admit, this is like piqued my interest. Like just hearing about it. Who the fuck is Arnold Vosley? Do you know who that is? Yeah, the Mummy from the Mummy. All oh, right. I just sort of like I don't know. That's. I, I. I thought. I thought when you said Arnold, I thought the rest of it would be Schwarzenegger. No, thought, no. He's that. He's also. I think he's the baddie in uh, Twenty Four Season Four. Oh, he's got quite a memorable face, actually. Like, a, what a weird selling point, though, just to be, like, in Atari's offices in, like, the mid-noughties, and, like, guys, we're going to drop, like, 90 grand to hire Arnold Vosloo, but I think it's going to supercharge our marketing campaign. Like, I would just love to have been there for that conversation. I've, I've um, got a, unexpectedly, I've got an anecdote about Arnold, Arnold Vosloo in 24, <laughs> season four. Go for it. Uh, when I was at, have I told you this one at the Top Trumps? The Arnold Vosloo top Trump story is coming up blank. Okay, when I, I'll be quick. When I was at university, I bought a pack of 24 top Trumps. And, you know, they had various different categories on them, like, you know, gun skill or athleticism or whatever. And But one of the, one of the um, criteria by which they'd be competing was dedication to the cause, which they were scored <laughs> out of 10. Uh, and Habib Marwan was scored 1 out of 10 for dedication to the cause, despite the fact that at the end of his season in 24, spoiler alert, he jumps off a car park and kills himself rather than reveal where he's hidden a bomb, which I right. would argue is like the very definition of dedication <laughs> to the cause. So I wrote an email to Top Trumps complaining about this, right. saying they thought they'd really misunderstood the category, because it wasn't dedication to like the hero's cause, it was a dedication to any cause, because right. there were other the terrorists who are like seven and eight out of ten but like all his <laughs> all his lieutenants and deputies were rated higher than him like he's the guy he was he, he's he led the charge he killed himself like he's like a literal suicide bomber so um, uh yeah i wrote to them and they uh sent me an email back saying uh they took all uh criticisms <laughs> very seriously and that was the last <laughs> i ever heard from them <laughs> yeah i'm guessing they didn't for the next printing change that I'd have just put the value for every single category for every single card, 24. I've just done that, like the number 24, and everyone would have been like, oh, that's funny. You can't play it as a game, but what a great gag that is. Those um, cards, I think they really phone it in, Top Trumps. I think they get the license to something, and then they're just like, bang in any old numbers. Like, we saw, uh, again, <laughs> this happened later, I was playing Lord of the Rings, Top Trumps. And... Why are you so many versions of it? It's the same game. <laughs> I was playing Lord of the Rings, Top Trumps, and there was a category for, like, it, it wasn't heroism, but it was some kind of, like, maybe it was, like, leadership. And uh, Gandalf's horse, Shadowfax, had, like, a higher leadership rating than, like, anyone in the Fellowship apart from Aragorn. <laughs> 
And I just like the idea that this horse was like more charismatic than like Boromir, Gimli, you know, any of them. Was it higher than Gandalf as well? Uh, yeah. What, so like... Like in, 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 in this person's mind, <laughs> the most charismatic motherfucker in Middle Earth is Aragorn. Then just under him, Shadowfax. Amazing. This was this was someone who just gave not one shit about <laughs> about their job of assigning numbers to the criteria for the Lord of the Rings Top Trumps card. How many versions of Top Trumps have you played at this point? Well, uh, <laughs> but there are like hundreds of versions, right? It's like every yeah, IP, they're like Funko. Every IP under the sun has top trumps. You've got to remember, I'm hoarding Borderlands 2 top trumps. <laughs> I, mean, do you think, I mean, I haven't forgotten. That's why I bring it up. But it's like, how far are we going here? Is it like the kind of, oh, I've got the rules of attraction top trumps. Do you know what I mean? Like, I've got James Vanderbeek and he's like an 86 for yeah. sort of like, like what, do you know what I mean? Like, what is the I've sort of... I've got Dogville top trumps. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I've got Martyrs top trumps. <laughs> oh, grim. Kez. Oh. <laughs> oh, the Julian Glover's got like a 64 for like charisma. Oh, that's really funny. Um, okay, so where were we with this? Uh, well, Arnold Roslu and, and Boiling oh, Point. Oh, yeah. All Can I, I remember off... about Boiling Point was that uh, some of the, the RPS founders, they were really into it. It was their kind of like emergent chaos PC game, and they used to write endless blogs about how good it was, even though it was broken as shit. Yeah, um, that's uh, to be honest, Matthew. This sounds like you know if we were a bit more of a kind of PC focused uh, podcast than we are, this sounds like our sort of thing. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let um, Mad Brood off for this one because I think that's an interesting purchase, and you can't actually get it anywhere else. Like I was looking at it, I mean, get it from my abandoned where or something, but it's not on GOG. Um, mm. I would I would pay money to play that. So uh, how can I kill someone who who did it themselves? Um, yeah, that's what I ask you. Okay, so it's a rhetorical question. You could kill him and have his copy. What, and then send him to Lord Brisby but play the game myself. Yeah, okay, let's do that. Yeah, I'll kill him and I take think the you inherit the games from the people you send to Lord Brisby. That completely changes things. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, and, but, I mean, it really but, does. That's a terrible me... <laughs> rule. I'm, I'm instantly going back on that. It makes me feel pretty good about killing Koig, though, because I don't really want those Premier Manager games or Empire Sins, so um, that's fine. But, uh, okay, right, well, then, yeah, Mabry can survive, because I think this is a legit interesting pick. So, okay. uh, next exhibit. Exhibit G is from Big Chief Zangief. Uh, it's a recent submission, but I've got a lifetime of questionable decisions I could put forward. Uh, last month, same, I bought same. Japanese PSP copies of The Legend of Heroes Trails in the Sky FC, which was £13.49, and Neuta no Kiseki for £12 from eBay. Uh, he adds, I can't read or understand Japanese, and even if I could, the UMD drive on my PSP doesn't work. <laughs> this is bait. You know what I mean? I that... played English ROM hacks of them both and have played the whole trial series. Going to put them on a the shelf. The instruction books are really nice. Okay. Is this bait? So, this feels like Tom Hardy, Mad Max gift bait. It's it's like a bit of the old, you know, we've we've discussed this before. If you're not going to actually play the game, we kind of have to kill you. But then you have played one of the games. I don't know much about the other one, to be honest. But uh, Well, that night at Nokiseki, I was watching a little video of it. It's kind of a... It actually looked quite nifty for a PS game, PSP game. A kind of real-time, action-y um, jobber. I don't really know what you'd liken it to in that you're jumping around and swiping a sword in real time. It is getting a updated Western release on PC, PS4 and Switch next year. Is it from the same people as like the uh, 
Trails in the Sky. I think it's a. I think it's a a Neon Falcon one. Yeah, I mean, I've got to put my hand up and say the whole Trails Legend of Heroes thing is like becoming an increasingly worry worrying blind spot in that more people seem <laughs> to be talking about these games and i have no fucking clue where to start yeah it's like i think this is like several sub-series that connect but i do believe that it, a current run of them does start all the way back on psp like i think that's how it how it started or at least maybe there's two on psp but yeah there's you do hear a few people just go to bat for this i know there's sam our moderator in the uh, discord is big on these games um blind spot for me too gosh um if you actually did play the games as like rom hacks and you actually paid for it i think that's like a reasonably good excuse do we have prices in the end there yeah 13.49 for trails and 12 pounds right. for naita no kiseki yeah that's okay i've bought like um i've bought a couple of limited editions before for um similar prices back when i wanted the uh book edition of uh, alan wake um <laughs> to put on my shelf and make me look um very unintelligent uh, and all my other uh, graphic novels and, if, especially uh, if it's the only book you own <laughs> that and star wars tie-in novels and nothing else um that and tales yeah. from moss Eisley cantina <laughs> Oh yes, I have all the classic works. <laughs> yeah, Shadows of the Empire by Steve Perry. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> oh dear, it's uh, truer than it should be. Um, yeah, okay, gonna forgive this one. Oh, right. Not, not creating for- much drama here, but it's I, been I just forgiven, thought- even though it's obvious bait. But listen, that's that, 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 yes, that yeah. works for me. Yeah, it's fine. Exhibit H from Margin Walker. Uh, it's been slightly over a year since I began listening to the podcast regularly and following the very first GameScore episode, I began buying used DS and 3DS games, something which, for whatever reason, I'd never considered doing before. Here is the full list of games I've bought. Since most of these were not purchased using pounds sterling, I've converted the prices for ease, thank you very much, using current conversion rates. This was a few months ago, so that's now fucked. Um, <laughs> when judging me, please keep in mind I live in a fairly remote country. Shipping here is expensive, as is buying games locally i guarantee your currency stretches further now uh then then <laughs> no no it would stretch further now bad bad luck for you here we go we've got a lot of these super mario 3d land cartridge only 12 pounds 61 okay hotel dusk 14 pounds 42 the most expensive copy so far right <laughs> yeah chrono trigger ds 42 pounds 54 mm. Mm, highly desirable. I don't think that's a bad price for it. It's got, it's like it's an elusive one. And it's the best version of Chrono Trigger. Pokemon Soul Silver DS, fourteen pounds, basically fourteen pounds and four pence. That's a fake copy. I guarantee it. Like, there's no way. You, I'm sorry, sorry to break. Oh, uh, in brackets, he says cartridge only reproduction game, most likely. Yeah, I'm gonna say check the um. If the font isn't like embossed on the back, then it's. Um, I'm afraid that's a fake. So uh, yeah, oh, man. But, uh, I hope you're. You don't get handed over to Lord Brisby on the <laughs> um, because of an embossed font or not. <laughs> that's a tough break. Final Fantasy IV on DS, thirty-two pounds eighty-three. Oof, not my preferred version of Final Fantasy IV. Keep going. I thought that was a loved version with the little three D cinematics. Well, those look nice, but the um visual style in the 3d just quite look i thought it looked quite rough compared okay. to uh final fantasy 4 complete edition on um psp which had the lovely pixel art nicest nicest upraised pixel art i've seen in a game sorry is there more yeah the world ends with you ds 13 pounds 50 
That's a good price. That's probably cartridge again. only, I should say. But. Yeah, probably again another fake copy, but keep going. Uh, <laughs> uh, Metroid Samus Returns, £33.61. Right, some quite high prices here, but I remember the caveat, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, GTA Chinatown Wars, 13 quid. Yeah, good price. Link Between Worlds, £18.32. Seems reasonable. Link's Awakening Switch. Nineteen pounds fifty nine. Pretty good yeah, price. That's there. pretty good. That's it. Those are the those are what we have. Oh, there's no peril here because all the games are good. You know, like there's no there's nothing. I sort of like what I'm gonna do though is I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna punish you for not looking at eBay sellers carefully enough. You should have like looked. Is that a reproduction oh, yeah. copy? I think that's like, I think that's fair. Exactly. Like I think that's just uh, that is tough because I bought a couple of I got stung by this myself and like got a couple of two good prices for things and then like later i had a proper think about oh are these real or not and then did my great audit of like which games are fake and which are real last year and my apollo justice copy was fake and i had a pokemon is particularly bad for this there's just so many people selling like fake carts and ebay doing nothing about it which is but, terrible i think they should work? fucking police that it did work but people say that like um it kind of wears out after a while it'll just stop working and that's just, you know it's very different to owning the proper copy um, but, pro- but owning the proper copy of like Pokemon Soul Silver, uh, Heart Gold, that will set you back. It's a you know very beloved version of um, of, the, of that game. So it, did, it yeah. did work, but Apollo Justice did work. But everything Trucy said was in Italian. That was weird. <laughs> yeah, and he was called like um, he was called like uh, Apollo Juice as well. Like that was just a, <laughs> yeah, a mistake a, throughout. Yeah, that would have rung alarm bells. It's little hair spikes are the wrong way around as well. Um, it was, yeah, tough. So, yeah, I'm going to say, I'm going to punish you on grounds of piracy and for submitting an entry that was too full of good games to create any peril or drama for this courtroom. Oh, Thank man. You. I mean, Thank really, you. that judgment should be on me for selecting this particular message. <laughs> well, you know, I just think that you've got to learn your lesson about, you know, I don't care if you're shipping them to the middle of, like, I don't know, a desert or wherever you live. That, that was not made clear from the entry, but I'm not I think he it. lives in Israel. Okay, we don't need to get into all that. Let's move on. He's already gone. To, he's already shipping away with Lord Brisby. The boat's already out of my line of sight. Let's, let's do let's it. Let's move on. Exhibit yeah. I is from Shamrock. Hi, Judge slash Defence Lawyer slash PS One Hagrid. If he's here, <laughs> <laughs> no, just PS One Jeremy Peel. I'm afraid. Yeah, it was, I mean, he's just as fun, right, kids? Yeah. <laughs> Anyone? <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Uh, <laughs> That's no shade on Jeremy. I think Jeremy's great. I would much rather hang out with Jeremy and Hagrid. If we'd had Hagrid on the episode talking about GTA clones, that episode would not have been a triumph. No, no. This, yeah, that but would have been like... If if we were doing an episode about magical plants, Hagrid <laughs> all the way. Yeah, and if one of us was called Harry, that would have been like great, you know. Um, oh, but yeah. uh, I don't think oh, Hag- PS1 Hagrid has like deep points of view on like Driver 3's portrayal of like um, niece and like uh, whether Michael Mann is a serious influence or not. So, well, actually, know, I'm a big fan of that level where you have to drive the motorbikes into the lorry. <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck me, Hagrid, you've got great takes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it was all right, but it was worse than Voice City. And it's like, <laughs> wow, yeah. You see, really gets I it. wish I'd been able to have done an impression. My bit would have landed just as well as yours. <laughs> Well, I've had a glass of wine, so what can you oh, say? Oh, man. Oh, yeah. You've you've hit wine, Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's, I've heard, like, this is like... it's like your equivalent of Kratos' rage mode. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right. Uh, this is so, so, yeah, Shamrock says, uh, he, I've got a good old-fashioned games and prices list here. It's all in euros. Oh, fuck it. Well, I haven't, tra- I haven't translated it, but I think it's like, isn't it basically one euro is one pound, I think? Uh, it used to be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This, is, this is a rough week to be talking about currency. They're really rubbing it in our faces, this one. Right. Games and prices. Luigi's Mansion 2, Dark Moon, 20 euros. Mm-hmm. Make 10, A Journey of Numbers, DS, 8 euros. What the fuck is that? Now, this is a, this is a weird one, because we didn't even review this on Nintendo Gamer, and it's a Nintendo-published maths puzzle game what? where every game in it is built around number puzzles adding up to 10. So it looks like it could almost be a brain-training type thing, but it's it's drawn in this like weird-ass like doodle style. Mm. This it's is like a Sudoku-y thing. No, it's not even that. It's like two, like in one of the games, two things will pop up holding number plates, and you have to quickly press yes or no about whether or not they add up to ten. Oh right, okay. Really, like, like the punchline to every game is it is it either is or isn't ten. Like um, the the least fun version of WarioWare you can imagine. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> it's WarioWare. Three hundred games about what adds up to ten. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ! Um, I'm a, a genuine curio, though. That even this one even passed me by. Yeah. Uh, Zach and Wiki on the Wii for fifteen euros. Right, that's bait. That's, that's bait. <laughs> Little King's Story on the Wii for five euros. That's bait. Another code <laughs> R. That's the Wii Sing game for two pounds fifty on euros. Fuck me! Did you send this one in, Matthew? Jesus Christ! <laughs> We've not actually talked much about another Kodar, mainly because it's not very good. Um, isn't that like a sing game, right? It is, but it's like the slightly bad Wii one. It was, tw- yeah, I don't know. Mm, it didn't really okay. do it for me. We will cover it at some point. I'm not sure how, because we've passed every possible theme. But maybe if we do the Sing Hall of Fame, spoiler alert, this doesn't make it. Oh, yeah, we did the Wii draft and didn't come up during that. Did yeah. It? So, yeah. Dishonored, three euros. That is a left turn from the last few. Um, okay, okay, keep going. <laughs> Binary domain, six euros. Okay. That had no box. It was supposed to come with a box, but the lad in the store couldn't find it and told me someone must have stolen it on the shelf, stolen it off the shelf. You know how it is. And then he gave me two quid off as a result. Oh, not bad. That's good. Good negotiating. Very good. Uh, he adds at the end though that he's only played Make Ten and Luigi's Mansion. He hasn't played any of the others. It's quite a milk toast selection of um, sort of like games that don't move me either way. I would say so. We've got some like pro- prime Matthew Castle bait in there, like absolutely, you know, Little King Story, fine, you know, like um, Zach and Wiki. I'm told these are good. These are games I've not played. <laughs> these are, you know, I myself bought Zach and Wiki after hearing Matthew talk about it on the 2008 or nine episode, whichever one it was. That was, uh, you know. Good, 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 good selling, good upselling on some end gamer <laughs> classics. Gosh, there's not really much to like hang a verdict off here. They're all just like, oh yeah, fine. You know what I mean? Like, there's no egregious prices. So for that reason, I'm going to send them uh, to Lord uh, Brisby um, because oh, no. I feel like I feel like I needed to be moved either way. Like there wasn't enough peril created, so I'm creating peril for you. Who knows what happens to you after you sail off with uh, Lord Brisby? But uh, you are now property of him. So yeah. uh, I wish you the very best. I and don't I will... think you'll be having a deep and long conversation about another code R. <laughs> I don't think he's into that, no. I don't want to talk about what he's into. That's like 
um, kept a mystery for the um, purposes of the courtroom. So yeah, that's a that's a, a no. I'm afraid, dog. Um, oh. so, what's next? What's next, Matthew? Exhibit J is from Kurt. Oh, this is another weird one. Not quite games, but maybe interesting. Hi, gents. This isn't a game purchase, but it is gaming related. During one of the lockdowns when I was perhaps going through a stir-crazy phase, I thought I would buy strategy guides for some of my favourite games, but try to get them for a good price. The most I spent was £10 on a Skyward Sword guide. Others I bought were Deus Ex Human Revolution, The Orange Box, Vice City, San Andreas, GTA 4 and GTA 5. They all look nice, however, and even if I know deep down I'm likely to use them. The thing which might save me from death is that I think some of these could be valuable one day. Uh-oh. He's wandered into the old um, speculate uh, specu- uh, accumulate to accumulate. If I wish I hadn't read out that last bit now. <laughs> I should have just thought- kept it where someone was trying to buy something a bit quirky. I've, I've, I must admit, I've never purchased a guide in my life. So I no. don't really have any kind of frame of reference for how nice or interesting these things are. Can I... Uh, like? So the, the GTA ones were genuinely nice documents but there's no prices here right well the most the most was 10 pounds for skyward sword so right, right. Cheaper than uh, 10. i don't really know what the value is of buying like one for a deus ex human revolution that's a very pretty straightforward game to play really you wouldn't really get stuck looking for unless it unless it's uh, got like all the alternative endings and well maybe but then it probably be go like oh this is what i didn't do that's interesting <laughs> that's me desperately trying to save him from Lord Brisby. <laughs> that's good. You did your you did your bit. You earned your um your retainer there, Matthew. I'm gonna be good. honest, I would never fill my house with fucking game guides. The idea of giving over precious shelf space to that. Yeah. Like that's even worse than my Alan Wake book edition. Um uh... sort of like joint. <laughs> my friend Andrew still has that actually. It's, uh, it's actually a really nice edition, but it oh. does look dark. If it <laughs> it's is actually only... the best book I've read. <laughs> <laughs> It's, I've got it next to um, the What's It Deaths of uh, Evelyn Hardcastle, Matthew. Oh, um, okay. Well, yeah. uh, makes natural bedfellows. Um, it isn't just that Max Payne, no, not that Alan Wake book. It isn't just a fictional book from the, the game, is it? No, it's like it's. I don't think it's got a book in it. It's like you open. It's like shapes like a book, but it's just got the game in it, and then something else. I don't. Remember oh, what I thought is. it might be a bit like you can buy the books by the the guy from Castle, can't you? The show about the crime writer. Yeah, not you. Um, no, yeah, they've written that's... they've written some books by that. You can buy Castle's fictional books in the real world. <laughs> that's like that book. Um, was it like Bad Twin uh, from Lost that they did? And it was meant to be like um, I have a few friends who bought that book and said it was a pile of shit, but they bought it because they wanted to learn more about Lost. Uh, spoiler alert: they didn't. Um, but you know, <laughs> I'm sure that publisher was happy to make eight quid or whatever. But that wasn't written um, by a character in the book, was it? In the fitness show. Yeah, it was. That was. It was like a character, like you. I think you hear about very briefly or something, um, and then it touches on the events in the show. It was like a, a weird thing. I think it's Bad Twin, something like that. It came out. It's yeah, it's about two thousand five time. Um, yeah, um, I really want one of these stories, Matthew, to be like I was going through some bad shit in like two thousand five. So I dropped a load of pubes into my edition of Doom Three and traded <laughs> it in. Like, <laughs> what a I twist! Hear, like, I want to hear the reverse of that story. <laughs> like I traded it in and then got a copy of. Yeah, that's like the that's the better call soul of of emails that we'll receive. It's yeah. the very long story of how those pubes came to be in that box. So this is this is Games Court. This is not Games Walkthrough Court. That is a different Uh-oh. barge. That's a different barge floating in the Atlantic Ocean. Nothing to do with us. So 
I think it's going to have to be Lord Brisby for Kurt. Oh. Sorry about that, mate. Yeah, Silent, quietly floating away with his guides. Your little guides will be in your boat with you. Um, they won't save you, but they'll be there. So, wow. yeah, incapacitate Kurt. You are you belong to Brisby. Uh, next up, Matthew. Oh, tough, tough break for Kurt. Exhibit <laughs> uh, K is from Chris Bush. Uh, thanks to a rainy day in Perth whilst on holiday recently, I found myself in the Nostalgia Box, a retro gaming museum with my wife and two kids. Uh, one of the games they had set up to play was Guitar Hero, which I'd not played in years. The kids were fascinated and enjoyed watching me stumble through a few tracks on increasingly easy difficulty modes, as I realised that I wasn't as good at it as I remembered. I'd also forgotten quite how much fun this game could be, so as soon as we got home, I decided to scour the local second-hand site for instruments and the games this was much harder than it might have been if i'd been in the uk which may be reflected uh, in what i ended up paying i've converted the prices from singapore dollars to british pounds so these are singaporean copies of rock band games oh there's quite a lot here and they're quite complicated because they're a mixture of games and instruments so Jesus they're all Christ. they're all for ps3 <laughs> so okay. rock band one band in a box that's the game guitar drums and mic £35. That's a good price. Yeah. Guitar Hero Smash Hits, Guitar Hero World Tour, and Guitar Hero Legends of Rock. £9 for all three. I think we're getting into like the, the territory where they were sort of like dragging out at this point, Activision. They were like, oh, the train's going to be over soon, so keep fucking shoveling coal in there. Like, there's <laughs> Yeah, not for this family. Bit... They love it. <laughs> Rock Band good 2, Rock Band 3, Lego Rock Band... <laughs> Plus oh, two God. rock band guitars, £25. Fucking Lego rock band. <laughs> Why'd that happen? Um, and yeah, okay. Guitar Hero 3 guitar and another rock band keyboard for £20. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This family really likes this Well, that this is, I, like, by my calculations, that's like five guitars they've got at this point. Well, he summarises at the end, I have two working guitars, one working drums and a working mic. I'm still trying to get the keyboard. So all that, and he hasn't got the keyboard. Yeah, but the keyboard was like, wasn't that much later? There was there was like an edge cover with that keyboard on, right? Like it was like a Rock Band 3 cover. Yeah, that's Rock Band 3, which he does have the game. But I'd argue, like, if you were going to go all out, I'd try, get, <laughs> I'd try and get the Rock Band keyboard before I tried to get a copy of Lego Rock Band. <laughs> Fuck me, a keyboard peripheral. That just that was such a weird time, that, wasn't it? Because it was just like, I got, I got so sick of it so quickly because... I went to a couple of house parties for Imagine People, and they would always have rock, uh, Guitar Hero Rock Band there, and I just wasn't interested personally. You know, yeah. I'm just I'm a big fan of the art of conversation, Matthew, which won't surprise well, you. The, um, prob- <laughs> the problem with a rock band party as well is it means the main source of ambient music is going to be rock music played out of a TV, which a the sound quality is not going to be as good as it if you're just playing it out of a sound system. Also, it's rock music that the quality of which can degrade as people get worse and more drunk at the game. Yeah. Um, and also, it's rock music accompanied by the tap, tap, tap of the buttons, the noise of the fucking rubbery drum pads, or the clacking of a keyboard. It's like, as a piece of performance, I can't... Um, at, there are a few things I would rather see less than a full group playing rock band. Yeah, it was like... It's bad enough when it was just a guitar controller. When the rest of it was in there, it was like... All you do is just sit there silently and watch people play it. It's just like, that might sound like a good idea for a party game in theory, but when you're in an actual party watching it play out, you're like, this is shit, and I stopped going to parties like that. 
and they were joyless. They were utterly joyless. Right. However, so I should you... probably add this final paragraph from the note. Um, yeah. The kids love Lego Rock Band, and we've all had a great time as a family playing it. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. I'm going to let him off. <laughs> very, very different vibe to us. <laughs> I'm going to let him off. That sounds, that sounds, <laughs> sounds really nice. Quite, well, that's the thing. That. The thing is, it sounds like the whole family would have to get on the boat, and that's just too. That's too oh, rough to even consider. That's really bleak. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't want to think about. Yeah, that's not. No, we're not going there. Um, that's genuinely nice. You know what? Though I will say, I think that you should have a copy of the Beatles rock band. The fact that that's not in there is egregious. So, I'm going to insist. Who's the guy who sent this in? Uh, this is from uh, Chris Bush. Okay, Chris, I'm going to... Um, the the um, the sort of security guards on um, Sammy Roberts Peninsula are going to mash your head into the belly button of the Resident Evil Village guy. Like, that's like your punishment, basically. We're just going to mash your head into the belly button for a bit. And then, then you're free to go back to your kids. But that's what you get for not buying the Beatles rock band. Um, so, otherwise, I wish you the best with all your nice, happy family Do kids family like plans. the Beatles? Yeah, but do kids like fucking Motley Crue or whatever? Like, you know what I mean? Like, just... <laughs> We could we could say about anything. Do kids like Knights of Sidonia, Matthew? Well, that's <laughs> why it's like Lego Rock Band because Lego Rock Band is like it's it's all like things everyone likes, like Queen and things like that. Oh, really? I don't really remember the songs on that. Sorry, there's some clicking in the background, which I know you hate now, Matthew, as a result of the um, Jeremy episode. But the um, <laughs> you got yeah, got the Ghostbusters theme on there. I could see why that'd be quite exciting. Um, they got. Girls and Boys by Good Charlotte. Definitely like kids would be baffled by that now. Um, the, con- <laughs> the concept of Good Charlotte. Um, yeah, okay. I could see that. Oh, Ruby by the Kaiser Chiefs. I'm, I almost want to reverse my decision based on that. They played that in the pub we're in the other day, Matthew. That song, I've got no, got no time for it. But we've made the verdict now, so let's move on. You're safe. We can't, we can't mess with their fates that much. Yeah. Um, exhibit L from Scott Robertson. Hello, he says, aggressively waving his hand to dishonourable Judge Roberts. <laughs> I came to Games Court today to discuss my potentially questionable investment into my JRPG addiction. As a kid, I was lucky that my dad got me a PS1 for my Christmas with my very first JRPG of a little-known game called Final Fantasy VII. I then played any JRPG I could get my hands on. Many years later, I no longer have my old consoles, and I've been itching for that nostalgia. I now have a gaming PC and Switch, so I created an eBay account and started looking for an American PS2, that is, it would allow me... Uh, 60 FPS menus in games like Final Fantasy VII. Mm. I finally bought one for £70 with two controllers and an RGB SCART cable and a power converter so I don't break it by plugging it into a UK plug socket, which I thought was a great price. Unfortunately, I had it sitting there for two months as I had no CRTV and no monitor TV that supports SCART. This meant a pricey investment into a RetroTINK 5X Pro, which was £250. Oof. So far, I've spent £320 and have not played a single game for it over two, three months. So that's part one. That's just the console. How are we feeling about that? Um, so is a retro thing like a... Is that one of those you can plug it in and it looks real good? Kind of like... Yeah, yeah. You plug a Sky in and it allows you to plug it into like a modern oh, TV and it doesn't I've like eyed those up. I've eyed those up many times. Like um, 250 quid though. Yeah, I... Do you know what? I'm going to put my decision on that on hold because I want to hear the games that like that. I want to hear the whole venture. You know what I mean? Like the entire yeah. sweep of what what they're going for. Uh, so uh, yeah, so basically he's bought a load of he's bought a load of JRPGs to play, mm-hmm. and here are the, they here they are with their prices. Breath of Fire three forty two pounds forty four. Do you have a big Breath of Fire guy? Don't know much about it. It's like the it's like the only Capcom RPG. 
is that right? Like it's a Capcom published series, right? Um, I know there was one on, is there one on PSP? And it was, maybe that was a, it was like a series of started on Snares era, I think. And then, yeah, th- it's yeah. a tricky one. So I know very little about it. And I was just having a little peruse of YouTube at lunch. But if you look up like Breath of Fire 3 reviews, you mostly find like Breath of Fire fan channels. And it's all a bit screwy because they obviously think Breath of Fire is like the best thing ever. And they've made it like a cornerstone of their whole being. So I don't know if you can entirely trust them, but it does look pretty jolly. Yeah. You can tell I, it's I dragons. I do remember wanting this at the time. Like, I thought it looked kind of pretty, and it was, yeah, like, you know, a sort of a, a game I coveted but never owned. Mm. Um, I don't, like, yeah, I, I can see why this series might be interesting. But uh, let's, okay. go, let's get going and see where we're at. Yeah, okay. Final Fantasy seven, £23.87. Yeah, sounds about right for, a you know, a, a copy of that. It's, uh, yeah, it's okay. always a little bit pricey. Final Fantasy nine, £12.45. That's a good price for... Yeah, old ass Final Fantasy Nine. Yeah, like that's again. I think I, I think I bought a phys- a new copy of it for about thirty quid, um, about ten years ago. So okay. yeah, Lunar Silver Star Story Complete, which has got the box and a cloth map game and book for forty five pounds. Now I looked Ooh. up this little box collection of this, and it does look very nice. It's very, it's very thick. It's like a, it's like a PS one sized disc, but mm. probably got the depth of like. Mm, maybe like three PS1 cases. Very solid-looking thing, packed with mm. interesting treats. Yeah, that's like a series that I don't think ever came here either. Like that's like a, a kind of one of those series that would come out in Japan and the US, and that was it. So, yeah, I've, I've you know I've looked up Lunar over the years as a kind of casual JRPG onlooker. Um, yeah, interesting. Okay, um, we've got Alundra for fifty-eight pounds twelve pence. Ooh, crikey, that's a lot of money, isn't it? That's a, now, yeah, yeah. Again, I watched a little video of a lunch. Looks quite jolly, jumping around. It's from the people who made Landstalker. It's kind of an action RPG, quite handsome sprite art. Like, yeah. a weirdly tall character sprite, which is how I feel <laughs> about Landstalker as well. Like, an unnervingly tall sprite. Yeah, I think this visual style has aged very well, actually. I was looking at this a few... People were talking about Alundra during the um, last Nintendo Direct because they were like, why aren't they remaking this or whatever? Right. Um, and it's true that it does look very nice in retrospect. I think like the um, this era of 2D art has aged quite well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's that's very pricey. We're, we're spending a lot of money here. Like, yeah. I think we're up to... We've surpassed the price it would take to get a Steam Deck at this point, which is, yeah. you know, notable. Lucky go. Uh, the lots of the last RPG is Vagrant Story for 76 quid. Fucking hell, that is high. I think I own a copy of Vagrant Story. Quick, sell it for 76 quid. Well, I wonder if like maybe the um the NTSC version is what we're talking about here because obviously like the whole venture is, you know, um import BS2. I'm like taken with how interesting this whole thing is, Matthew. Like I think that despite the high price, I got I like the hobbyist angle of all of this. Like the you know, I'm going to build this JRPG collection. I'm going to play them the way they should be played. They've kind of like, yeah, they've just, it's crossed into my area of interest just enough for me to think this is like, uh, I wouldn't spend it myself, but I can see why it would be worthwhile to someone, you know? Um, Yeah. They were cool cool games to hear about. Yeah. I think of all the entries so far today, like if I could press a button and have like one of these little collections for myself, this is probably Mm. the one. 
You it wouldn't be um, Empire of Sin, uh, some Premier Manager games, and fucking oh, Turning Point. Fucking, I do love <laughs> Kevin Keegan. Mm. <laughs> and sixty yeah, four magazine icon, Matthew. That's part of your. Uh, oh, I've just uh, actually just on that note, I've noticed that uh, Kevin Keegan is now sitting in the court. <laughs> oh, he's playing. He's playing keepy uppy with the mean beans. <laughs> he's still livid about. Mate, they're sentient. It, uh... Don't do it. Okay, so yeah, that's going to be innocent. I can't send you to Lord Brisby with um, <laughs> that kind of like taste on display. I'm just like, like you, I, I want that collection of things. Like that's a juicy old collection. I, like, I think I like Lord Brisby would respect him as well. I don't want to talk about what Lord Brisby does or doesn't respect. That's not my <laughs> bit, the business of this court. I think he'd be like, you are clearly a man of taste. I'm a man of taste. We're going to have yeah. an exquisite time. It's like, oh, God, that Luna set is very nice as well. The thing is that, as well, like, I'm a big, I'm a big like, cloth map guy. Like, I think if a lot more games court entries were like, oh, I bought this big box PC game and it had, like, it was like a Baldur's Gate and it had the map in it and stuff. Like, I'm I'm very taken with that kind of, like, um, ephemera and uh, assorted bullshit. So, uh, yeah, okay. That's a definite innocent for me, um, Matthew. Mm, wonderful, fantastic! Got good, I haven't actually been keeping track of these, but it's it feels it's, like that. Yeah, it's they feel like they've gone my so way. I think so. Should we do a couple more? Yeah, let's do a couple more. We have got some short ones, so very very quickly. Exhibit N from Tanner. He bought F. He doesn't say individually the prices, but he bought F Zero GX and Beautiful Joe on GameCube for a combined one hundred bucks. So these are not cheap games to buy, and I think I bought. Beautiful Joe 2 recently on GameCube because it was cheaper than buying the first one. F-Zero is definitely not cheap. Um, gosh, I think if you're going to buy... Oh God, maybe I'm being too generous today, Matthew. Like I feel like there's not enough spite going on on my side. This is you um, hungover. You can see clearly. <laughs> you're more rational than you've ever been before on Gamescore. Yeah, that's it. What am I doing on this barge? We've got to close this whole thing down and hand ourselves into the authorities. This is like... We have to close it down. Um... Yeah, like if I think if you're going to collect games for any format, I like collecting for GameCube because you can, you know, um, you can put them into a, a Wii. So they're relatively simple. It's relatively simple to get hold of a Wii and play a GameCube game. Also, at the same time, if you're like me, you you like to boast about your um, uh, GameCube official uh, sort of like component cable, which makes the games. To be honest, they still look fucking blurry on a HDTV, but they look less blurry than they would if you plug them in via SCART. So. That's nice. Um, GameCube games just, I don't know, there's an inherent collectability to them that I don't think the Xbox and the PS2 have from that time. So I get the urge to to hoard them. And these are two very good games. I Huge Beautiful Joe fan, side-scrolling, um, uh, sort of like French art-inspired, but like kind of like uh, cel-shaded art style. Um, slow down time, speed up time, like a com- watching a comic book played out. Uh, obviously like a Hideki Kamiya game, so big favourite for us. One of the Capcom sort of like five, a, de- a, de- sorry, a defining GameCube uh, game. Um, and F-Zero GX, which I have less experience with, but I know is the Nagoshi developed uh, sort of like um, F-Zero game that is absolutely rock hard, but the people yeah. adore. Um, looks real, looks real nice and smooth. Um, Beautiful, and, uh, but cruel. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like uh, Nagoshi himself, um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Uh, yeah, so good picks, I think. So a hundred dollars. Yeah, if you'd have gone much higher, I would have said bad. But this is basically you paid around the RRP, which I think is to be expected in this current climate of Nintendo collectability. Okay. So there'll be no Lord Brisby for you, Tanner. 
Wonderful. Uh, so a very quick one, and this is more just to hear your stance on a particular form of game packaging. Uh, right. I just bought the Steelbook Last of Us 2 secondhand from CEX for 15 quid. You um, did, Matthew Castle. Seems great. However, oh, this is from Jamie, sorry. Seems great. <laughs> However, I've just finished playing Last of Us 2 on a friend's copy and have no plans to play it again for a good few years. Uh, probably longer if I get the remaster. I'm just interested where you, where you land on Steelbooks. God, I mean, I think they're an acquired taste. I think some people like them. I sort of find that all I really do is like pile them up when I get them. They're like things I get and then I don't really do anything with them. Mm. Um, like I get their inherent collectability. I've got the uh, Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury one that's just in a pile in shrink wrap and I don't know what I'll do with it. Like I don't think I'll ever sell it for money. Um, I'll just throw it in the Bath River. <laughs> <laughs> I think the uh, authorities would appreciate that, wouldn't they? Um, I don't know. It's yeah, they're not they're not for me. I'm not really not really interested. I imagine you feel the same, Matthew. Yeah. How do you feel about Last of Us Two for fifteen quid? That's a good price. That game's got the old um, PS5 60 FPS patch. So if you don't want to play it again now and you want to play it again in the future, you'll have a much improved experience. So um, yeah, I would say fifteen quid is a good price for that. You know. Very nice. Very Again, sorry, nice. there's no peril in this episode. People must be really disappointed. They're like, fucking send more people off to the pervert. And I'm just saying, not like not doing it. You know? Okay, we're going to do two more. Um, yeah. Just because they've, they've got a couple more with a couple of interesting things. And other well, people it. will have to wait till the next episode. Well, that's uh, we peaked with bank. We peaked with pubes. You know yeah, I mean? that's, that's the problem. I should have kept pubes <laughs> as the grand finale. Definitely, yeah. God damn it. Oh, well. That's, and that's it, isn't it? In the case, you always have your sexiest piece of evidence last. You want to leave the jury gasping and shocked so they can't remember the earlier stuff. This is why true crime documentaries are so annoying. Because you're like, you get all the hot stuff in like Act 1 and 2. And then by Act 3, you're like, oh, I don't really care about this because they never solved it. So whatever. Not you know. serial, though. Oh, yeah, that's true. But then, I don't know, that's depressing as well because it suggests you have to have like a massively popular podcast to get your like case done properly by yeah, the authorities. That's, that's, that's like veering on like GoFundMe to get me out of prison, you know? Yeah, basically. But that's the kind of justice we like on Sammy Roberts Peninsula. <laughs> yeah, po- shallow. Podcast justice. <laughs> yeah, podcast shallow. justice. Yeah. Uh, Exhibit P, or the exhibit numbers have gone out the window anyway. This exhibit's from IC Robots. They bought Shining the Holy Ark on Sega Saturn for 80 quid. I get that this is a lot of money for a 25-year-old game, but Saturn games are very expensive these days, and Shining the Holy Ark is a great Saturn exclusive that isn't available on modern consoles. It's a first-person dungeon crawler that minorly ties into Shining Force 3. I played this when I was about 11 or 12, and always considered it to be in the same class as the more famous PS1 JRPGs of the era, but I never hear it spoken about in that company. I wanted to replay it to see if it holds up, and having started it this week, it absolutely does. It's a fantastic game that deserves more recognition now my question to you is is ic robots ashley day (laughs) (laughs) yeah the thing is i could i could i imagine that ash has owned a copy of this for about 10 years um gosh so looking it up it does look because it's it's been at least two weeks since we upset the sega fans listening to this podcast matthew (laughs) it does look kind of ugly but, you know, this is a Saturn, so like... Oh, Ash is going to be on you for this. So he, <laughs> this is one of the one I read his post on Games from the Black Hole on Shining in the Holy, Shining the Holy Ark. Yeah. Because he just wrote a thing saying how good it was. 
Right, so the interesting thing about this, or one of the interesting things about this, for this podcast's interests anyway, is that the team behind this basically split off and become Camelot, who then go and work for Nintendo. Mm. And Ash drew this out in his uh, very good piece on it. Um, and I also thought this, watching uh, some video reviews, that there there's some precursor to Golden Sun in this. Um, mm. In, like, its creature system is a little bit like the Jinns in golden sun and also it's like idea of sort of explorable puzzle filled dungeons isn't miles off from the kind of slightly zeldery dungeons of golden sun so i don't know it is this a first core. person dungeon crawler which isn't for everyone i will say this core is like lenient to jrpgs as like a teenager uh, who got massively into final fantasy and then like uh sort of like realizing this genre went really far and wide but not so much in europe you know like it was a a genre that did not exist in the in a kind of comparable form until final Fantasy 7 launched so a lot of these games do miss out on uh european releases and um this is actually not one of them though this did release in 1997 i think that like i always coveted these kinds of games and i think that first the first person element's really interesting like i quite I kind of get it. I sort of get it. How much was the price again? 80 quid. That's all right. That's not too bad for a game from this time. You expect all Saturn games to just cost a fortune. You know? I think that's just because Panzer Dragoon Saga costs a fortune. So I, I my think the Saturn boxes are quite sexy as well. Yeah, that's it. Like, uh, I so don't know, long. If, only... <laughs> if I had a Saturn, this is totally the kind of game I would buy. So I'm sympathetic to this. I trust... I don't trust Ash on all things, but I, I, I'm going to take his word for it on this. Okay, so, um, we've got a couple yeah. more from this guy. Yep. <laughs> Shenmue 2 on Dreamcast, £6.48. That's fucking cheap, isn't it? Ah, uh, sorry, I should finish this off. The copy I bought only includes discs 3 and 4. <laughs> <laughs> that explains it a little bit more, I would say, but yeah. <clears throat> keep, keep going. He said, I think I could... I th- uh, he bought it knowing it was only three and four, thinking that he might be able to assemble a complete copy by buying the remaining disc loose. Uh, <laughs> that is what optimism looks like, you know. Oh, he says it. Now it's arrived, I realise that it's only half the case as well. <laughs> the original version came with discs one and two in one case, two and three in another, and then a cardboard sleeve to hold the two together. Mm. Um, so I'm not sure now whether I'm just stuck with half a copy of Shenmue 2 <laughs> uh, but I do own a digital copy of it so you know that probably mitigates it who's got the cardboard sleeve is my question <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing um, And so one more on, from him yeah. Football Manager 2007 on the PSP for £3.05 <laughs> ok was not expecting that last pivot there. <laughs> This is like, um, yeah, that's a big swerve from like shining the holy arc Shenmue two and their natural, uh, the holy trinity, <laughs> football manager two thousand seven on PSP. At least we've ruled out that it's Ash if it's football manager. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, gosh, the Shenmue thing is, uh, you know, like if you'd have bought it and it would have been an empty case, but it would have come in that lovely cardboard sleeve. I've seen it in the flesh copy of like um, Shenmue two on Dreamcast, and it was a beautiful-looking thing. Absolutely gorgeous. The fact that you have just this, like, pathetic remnant of it is, like, a little bit unforgivable, I think. And so <laughs> I got so I got so excited by your first entry here, and then the, like, my, it, my interest has declined very suddenly, and I'm really upset by that, I'll be honest. Like, I this thought... Is... 
These it's are a bit like when your alibi for murder is because you're in another house doing a different murder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. Um, football managers, t- that's too cheap for me to be upset at. Um, although it is a bit weird playing historical football games. I kind of get the appeal of, like, like me, you only understand 90s football or whatever. So you, you have to dwell on references to, like, a sort of like Mark over Mars because you don't know what anything is these days. Oh, you I don't just, know what, like, Neymar a, is or whatever. A little nod from Kevin Keegan there. He's sympathising <laughs> for it with you. Yeah, he seems like, oh, yeah, I remember the 90s. Very good. And then, yeah, so I don't know if I can... I think there's just such reason behind that first pick. Like, I'm completely taken with it, like, reading about it while we're recording this. I'm like, I would totally like to give that a go. And they are right. They will never... Sal- what would say- reason would Sega have to salvage this? This has got to be so far down the list below, like... Would they ever you know, do a Saturn Mini? I guess they could do. That Sega, the Mega Drive they've got coming out this year has got some quite weird stuff on it, hasn't it? It's um, got Sega CD stuff as well. Yeah, but then the Mega Drive was so big, you can guarantee that they will, you know, they would make something like that. Whereas the Saturn was never big, so it's much less likely that it will get the same treatment. I'm gonna, gonna let them off, Matthew. I think that's a. I'm, I'm, I'm look Very how much we're generous. talking. Look how much we're talking about that first pick. That that's made for some good podcasting, I think. Oh, so. Lord Brisby's disappointed. He was licking his lips in anticipation <laughs> when we were doing that Shenmue two bit. I want the first person precursor to uh, Golden Sun, and I will link Ash's article after this episode goes live. So wonderful. That's, so uh, finally, good. we're just going to end with some Listo games exhibit from IMGTR sixty three on our Discord. Yeah. Um, just some purchases from him. No preamble. Just how we like it. Unless you've got a good pube story you can include that uh so first up dj hero one and two plus turntable 15 euros right yeah okay i hope you bought that in kfc that'd be good um (laughs) yeah uh yeah so you know dj hero not my sort of thing but i know that i don't know some for some people this was like the game they've been waiting for Um, i thought it was quite cool it was quite funny watching games journalists play this I will say that. Like doing that. My memory is Yeah, but like legs bunched together, hunched over, and just sort of like little turntable balanced on their knees, just going it's like (laughs) it was like a very I don't know, it was not the glamorous vision of like DJing that is presented in like um, you know, it's you did wasn't exactly watching like Paul Oakenfold at work, you know what I mean? It was a little bit Yeah, it wasn't like put on your giant mouse head and go crazy. Fifteen quid's all right though, and it's not like a massive peripheral either, is it? So it's like it's not yeah. super egregious. So yeah, that's not horrible. That, yeah. Um, Chronicles of Riddick: Assault on Dark Athena, Xbox Three Sixty for seven euros. Yeah, uh, you know, a favourite of mine. I would not allow it in the seven out of ten episode because I believe this is an eight out of ten firmly. Um, I stand by that. Some of the best first-person uh, melee ever put in a game. Well, there you go. You heard it here first. Rockstar Lots. Table Tennis, Xbox Three Sixty. £2.50. <sighs> I mean, I know people really like this, but not to take this out on you, but people who said this was the best Rockstar game were the worst people in the universe. So I kind of want to send you off to Brisby just oh. to like for those people. Rockstar but... Table Tennis is purest ass. I hate that game. <laughs> well, it's like, it's fine. But people who said that were like, is there any baitier take than that? Like, this is better than GTA 4. Oh, and you're like, a... fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> that's rubbish. Uh, rubbish, rubbish, rubbish. Next one. Uh, Contact on Nintendo DS for 12 euros. Yeah, I bought this myself and never played it. I just wanted to learn more about Matthew Castle, you know. So 
Why is he? I'm got not. I have man? like that's the mad thing. This has been my Twitter avatar since day one on Twitter. I've, I'm very proud that I've never changed my Twitter avatar. Yeah. Um, like that's a badge of honor for me. I think you should get a special like ring around your thing if you've never changed your logo. <laughs> so everyone's like, this person does not like chase trends. They are true to themselves. Yeah, like, but uh, were you a big I, contact guy? Uh, no, not really. It's fi- it's <laughs> merely fine. I, I only picked it because when I started an Gamer, it was my it's my reviews avatar from End Gamer, and they were like, mm. you have to pick a sprite or something for your avatar. And I thought, oh, well, I'll I'll pick this professor because he looks kind of brainy and bookish, and that'll be my like persona in the mag. But then I was quickly revealed to be an idiot um, and have an idiot persona in the mag. So yeah, I've been married to this this dumb dumb professor sprite since then. Okay. Um, it is an interesting curio, though. Like, if I saw it on your shelf as part of a DS collection, I'd be like, "Oh, that's interesting. That's that's like, you know, that's not in the the you know the obvious kind of you know top fifty games even." Yeah, this is firmly in the like the category of this will add color to my DS collection when I yeah. bought it. I bought I bought this and Flower Sun and Rain. There was a similar intent. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd yeah. I'd be more impressed if you had Flower Sun and Rain because I think that's slightly like funnier more enjoyable thing but um yeah i don't know if i call it enjoyable but nonetheless not enjoy- well, no, oh, compared to contact <laughs> uh, um finally warhammer 40k space marine on xbox 360 for eight euros well you know i love me a bit of space marine it was you know one of the i think it was the first game i discussed in the best seven out of ten games episode there's a good mix here i quite i like i like this combination do you read the list again just fire through it DJ Hero 1 and 2, Chronicles yep. of Riddick, Sword Dark Athena, Rockstar Table Tennis, Contact, Warhammer 40k, Space Marine. What an array of genres there. Like mm. the full spectrum of games at work there, from Warhammer to DJing. Like just, that's, yeah, I just, uh, to, and to, to Vin Diesel. You know what I mean? We've like crossed the, uh, Wow, yeah. Just makes you think about the, the range of amazing interactive experiences out there. I just um, wish all the other characters had been unlockable ping pong players in table tennis. <laughs> Vin Diesel would have made that game electric. Yeah, that's it. Um, they should make another Rockstar table tennis game where you, you can play as every single Rockstar Games character. And it is like Cole Phelps playing tennis with like John Marston. That would rule. They oh, should definitely yeah. do that. The guy from Red Dead Redemption 2 just hacking up blood over the table tennis the whole game. <laughs> well, spoiler of that, but yeah. Um, well, yeah, yeah. That's... Coughs a lot. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think that's. I've got to let him go. There's been no peril in this episode, and I feel bad about that. But well, that's, that's, listeners... that's, that's, all, that's all on me. Well, I want our listeners to just bring more peril in future. Like, I like it when there's like a big risk, a, a big. You know, the God Hand entry was good. That was good. The Shining entry was really good. Uh, like, I just like that. The the building intensity is a bit there's a bit less when it's like, I bought this game for three quid or whatever. So, so yeah. So you want, like, big, bold swings. I do, yeah. Or um, a box that's got a load of pubes in it. That's what this court <laughs> is looking for, you know? This, but like... this, this is not an invitation for people to start making up very long stories about how they found something gross in the box. Because I'll know a... it's bullshit. That like, is a sad state of affairs when you've got to warn your listenership not to do, do that. Not, do you know what I mean? I'm, and I'm Danny Mann, I'm speaking specifically to you. Do not send us an email about finding pubes in a copy of The Sims. I do not want to hear it. <laughs> it's been a little while since we've had a Danny Mann email, I hope actually. He's all right. um, 
Yes, I'm. You know, he lives in Fareham. He'll never be all right. But you know, it's, uh, <laughs> I wish him the best. Um, so, Matthew, we come to the end of another games court. You have been successful. Congratulations, sir. There's a round of applause in the courtroom, um, and then yeah, like the um, the bar just starting to sink. So, um, Sam Roberts Peninsula must move to its new location. Um, I've taken little Captain Toad out of his little shit barrel, and I've just chucked him in the ocean. And I wish Aww. him the best, but I'm sure he'll wash up somewhere great. Um, <laughs> And uh, on his ventures, the mean beans are elusive. Who knows? I hope they maybe they found two other beans and turned into a, a complete set. Um, they ascended to mean bean heaven. My fr- one of my favorite entries in this this whole thing was um, the Shenmue guy because I think it was like the steady realization that what I've bought was a piece of shit. And like, what was I thinking? <laughs> like, I like it when it dawns on the listeners during the purchase that this has gone wrong. That's that's good. That's very good much content. what I'm going for with our Patreon. <laughs> yeah you only realize it when you've heard two hours of interminable bad star wars takes that you've wasted four pound fifty very good so matthew we are done what is the next episode i've forgotten i read it out at the start oh it's, it's, the, uh, it's, the, it's yeah. our chat with uh, our friend min. from game informer min max ben hansen yep very very good so um that's uh, coming this month zelda all that other stuff so lots of things to look forward to patreon.com slash backpage pod if you'd like to unlock additional podcasts we have at the time of recording 12 additional podcasts to just go out and listen to that's pretty cool i've built up a nice little archive now matthew episode 100 coming up that's exciting too where can people find you on social media matthew i am at mr basil underscore pesto i'm samuel w roberts we'll be back next week goodbye goodbye <laughs>